Ben McCann. Greetings. Welcome to Wake the Dead. Today we are very happy and pleased to have two guests, Mr. Brett Carollo and Mr. Hans Utter, two good friends of the show. They're going to help us to take a deep dive look at Don McLean's American Pie and the documentary film Gimme Shelter about the 1969 Rolling Stones tour in America that ended in Altamont. So let's start here. Welcome, uh, Hans. Welcome, Hans. Hello. Hey, Sean. How's it going, man? Very good. Very good to be here. Looking forward to this. Well, very glad to have you here, and you're a good friend, and thank you for joining us. And Brett as well. Brett, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Great topic. Good to be here again. Wonderful. Yes, this this topic uh, started from a discussion that you and I were having. I had never heard about the uh, the deep uh, rabbit hole surrounding American Pie, the song uh, by Don McLean, produced in 1970. Um, I had I'd heard it. I kind of get the gist of it, like, oh yeah, he's lamenting for the loss of you know good times and things have changed. And I got the general idea of it, you know, in the past. And Brett is like, well, you should really look into it because this is a whole rabbit hole of like specific lines relate to specific incidences. And uh, you should really take a look. And I was like, oh, pretty neat. And then I was talking to Hans on another day and telling Hans about this. And he's like, oh, wow. Yeah, you got (laughs) to let me tell you so i was like okay great let's this is a great topic i want to learn i'm sure the the listeners want to learn maybe somebody else hasn't heard about this but um really like hans uh has been doing a lot of work looking at the rituals that are uh concerts music concerts and um you know it, it's it, it's so prevalent today uh taylor swift has concerts where the the, the 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 fans they have amnesia you know there there are mental processes being you know they like uh, they are influencing the mental processes of the people in the crowd with the lights with the tones and uh, they're influencing worldview and everything so uh, music is a huge key to understanding like what uh, the where they're pushing the zeitgeist of society like where how uh and don mclean kind of captured that in his in his song you know an american pie the beginning of the song starts with the 50s buddy holly sock hops you know happy dance music and then by the end of the 60s you get this weird uh acid tests basically have you ever heard the the audio of the acid tests from the grateful dead and the merry pranksters it's just it's not music it's just weird noise experiments basically uh so that's like where it devolved into that by the end of the 60s um so i guess i guess that's a good way to start um so brett let's start with you uh 
you uh you you told me about this american pie thing and there there is research online that um it, how did you find about this uh phenomenon american pie? oh i mean it was just part of i mean i so i grew up like in the 90s when that was still where you kind of grew up in a uh, um culture dominated by you know boomer urban legends like stuff around mclean's american Pie because he'd never said anything about it personally he did well i can say some of the things he did say in a documentary that came out about a year ago but he hadn't you know for a long time um and so it was i was aware of it and i think people were kind of fascinated with it because it uh it captures uh i i guess you'd um it, it captures a certain conception of what youth oriented musical culture what became pop culture right which has become culture now right which became religion it sort of captured this entire movement right between these events and then it framed it as a story between these events in 1959 this when this plane crash that killed three of the biggest you know rock and rollers proto rock and rollers of the era uh and then and it ends though basically with Altamont what we're going to talk about today and he's the the language he's using in the allegory implies that it's a satanic right that it's a it's a human sacrifice and this isn't the you know the only example of the obviously isn't the only example of this idea of of concerts being occult satanic human sacrifice rituals uh, where does it originate i yeah. don't know but this is a pretty right. good place to investigate uh, it you might brett if i just jump in please on that point so so i was one thing that's a little bit unique about American Pie is that it is it is a straight up honest song, right? There's no there there's you know there's embedded meanings, there's you know complexity, but it's not you know what I mean it's not a psyop song like like the Grateful Dead. Um, and and I would also to me I would just say that he's referring also not just to Altamont specifically, but the entire shift of the culture and as brett mentioned he's referencing the invocation so to speak of this cultural mass cultural ritual right that started really with the jfk assassination it starts there and travels through the time um and then of course the end of the the 50s rock era you know in february just like when the beatles came february 1963 right so that month of february being very important but uh um, wow anyways can you continue brett um yeah well, well so this is where we can almost right just jump right in the interpretation of the song because i sort of disagree with with something you said at the end um, and maybe just from yesterday, actually, I might have begun to disagree because, yes, usually it's thought that JFK is being referred to. The king and queen are, you know, Camelot, JFK and and Jackie and the jester, supposedly Bob Dylan and stuff. And while McLean basically confirms most of the urban legend, you know, interpretations of, of the song, not, of course, he doesn't re he actually doesn't say much about the references to Satanism and Ultimate. Although you found a source, um, Sean, that says that uh, he ref he did confirm at least that it's Altamont. Um, but no, I think that he says the king and queen, I actually think it has to do with religion. So I think the whole song actually revolves around religion and what he says is this coming of an evil god. I mean, he actually says that in the documentary. Uh -huh. 
um, that that this is what it's all building up to. And if you fill in the blank that he is talking about Altamont, he's saying that kind of what happened with rock and roll culture and pop culture between the late 50s and how it began and this sort of, yes, it was supplanting Christianity and it was this true, re, you know, reemergence of troubadour poets and, you know, Pied Pipers. And it was sort of, uh, um, you know, that's why he says your mortal soul, save your mortal soul, because now it's a sort of earthly religion, okay? And then it turns into this dark, evil thing, he's saying. And then that's announcing, because by the way, on the album, the next song, the, the last song on that album is Babylon, which um, quotes from my, one of the Psalms about at the rivers and the song and listen to actually the song. It's very um, elegiac. It's very sad. He says he feels it's a, it's a feeling that we're on the edge of going into this really dark sort of satanic era of spiritual captivity. And so McLean is kind of careful with what he says, but he has a kind of, he has a he has a Christian perspective. I don't know if he's a practicing Christian. He comes from a Christian background, and I can say some of the things about things that he said. But yeah, he's taking a very dark look at the what happened with pop culture. And I don't think yeah, I really don't think he is referencing JFK. The gesture is, I think, the spirit of um, that sort of troubadour poet, the 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 spirit of Hollywood, basically. Because he says what happens at the end is that. In the song, he's saying that even God becomes corrupted because he and he says he actually says this in the documentary because he goes to Hollywood. <laughs> well, I would just offer, Brett, that I think that he I would say that he's got multiple he's got two layers, sometimes three layers of meaning. So obviously the 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 overall religious reference, you know, is is very strong and very clear. Um I, I think that he's I think he's linking temporal and material culture together right so he's at, at least okay this may be my addition to it right i, I didn't want to necessarily state he's stating that specifically whether or not he's intending to do it he's also talking about this cultural dream right this transformation where the media becomes like our imagined lives our imagined worlds right um and so I'll just leave it there. But yeah, so I, I don't I don't necessarily think it's a, a point of contention. I think that you're absolutely correct that that's there. The religious references and the, the, the point of that the culture has become satanic. But I, I would offer and, you know, again, you're welcome to disagree that he is you know, you can draw other parallels. I think that's what makes it a really uh, fantastic song is that I, I think there are several layers of meaning, right? And and that's a, that's a practice, right, of doing that where right. you have embedded meanings and you have level one, level two, especially to say, you know, a cold text, you know, you have multiple layers of right. meaning, sometimes nine layers, nine different layers of meaning for a single text. So I would just offer that, but continue. I, right. I want to say, no, I totally agree, actually. And, um, in any case, even if it's not true, that's not what he meant. It became kind of culturally important, that link between the song and JFK, because, you know, the line about the jester stealing his thorny crown, right? So that makes the king a sort of type of Christ going on. And and JFK has been made a type of Christ in, in the culture. I mean, from, you know, James Shelby Downard's King Kill 33 right. to, you know, the Marilyn Manson video, Coma White. <laughs> um, where Manson is playing uh -huh. off of what was by then a kind of common cultural trope of, so no, I think it's, and I, yeah, and maybe it actually had the, the double, and you can't always believe everything. I, I do think McLean, he says a little, he doesn't say everything, but I think what he says is reliable, um, you know, and maybe also too, it's just these unintended. So I totally agree. There's other things going on that are, that are, um, Yeah. He built the song too, to be ambiguous in a way like, um, and, uh, 
I think there was a quote, I can't remember exactly, but he's, he was saying that if you want people to remember it and really like it, then you have to leave it totally ambiguous and, uh, you know, uh, subjective well, for each yeah, listener right. to interpret, you know, and so well, he really didn't get that, like he tried very much not to be specific on each and explain. So like over the years, it, the uh, intrigue has grown and it's, and it's helped to make that song, keep that song popular. Uh, and in a sense, it keeps money in his pocket. So it makes sense that he would uh, build it like that, you know, and any good artist has many levels, you know, of, of under, of layers of meaning, uh, if they're a good artist in any, anyway. So I just want to say that. So, uh, Hans, um, so this, uh, do you have something that, uh, <clears throat> the, so this, it starts with Buddy Holly, right? And it, and the big bopper and, and the, sock hops in the gym and uh you know innocence teenage years and then it turns into um satan laughing with delight uh can <clears throat> can you yeah, explain yeah. or talk about uh, that a little bit absolutely so first i mean again i'm framing this in this broader context right and sure I, and, and so that's my interpretations or whatever but uh so we start out with february made me shiver Every paper I deliver, bad news on the doorstep, I couldn't take one more step. So that February, okay, that's, that is the, the assassination. Um, you have 7-2, right? And then 2-5 um, for the, the, the Buddy Holly, their crash, right? Mm -hmm. So you have another 7 in there. Um, but um, basically, and then his widowed bride. That could be JFK's bride too, right? Mm -hmm. So it could be Buddy Holly's bride, but also why not Jackie O? Right. right. Um, but so he's saying that this is a transformation point. Right. And so with Buddy Holly in that first wave of rock and roll, um, you know, it was there was an innocence to it. Um, absolutely. It was it, it was a transformation. Um, it, it did not have the darker contours and it wasn't as engineered as it was later. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Beatles, in a sense, what the Beatles were. So just so people to put this in context was that you have this, you know, right here in Cleveland, right where you're at, you're at the right. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the we use rock and roll. He, you know, he called the music rock and roll because that was a, that was actually a synonym for sex. Right. That you hear in the blues songs, <laughs> rock and roll night, you know, and they were playing is basically called jump blues, which was a R&B genre that was, you know, and then he started playing that. And then, you know, you have like they slowed it down and, da, 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 and you have this whole movement. Right. Um, but in 19, you know, when the music died in 59, it literally died, right? The entire rock thing was just erased. Elvis is in the army, you know, like, you know, and you got some of these guys like Chuck Berry was definitely into like dark practices, even little Richard, uh, et cetera. I mean, so, you know, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, he was creepy, very creepy guy, but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, you have, um, uh, what's his name? The, the Cliff Richardson's die in England in this mysterious car crash. He was, you know, you had this plane crash, right? So you have Chuck Berry arrested for, you know, being with like a 14 year old, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. he, he was videotaping women in the bathroom of his club too. Oh, he, like, was, he, was, <laughs> he, was really, he was a real sexual real sicko. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but what I'm saying is that this entire thing, it just ended like you just ran into a brick right. wall. And the whole music changed. So what you have is very, um, you know, kind of schmaltzy. Isn't that 
Okay, I'm sorry, but is that where uh, FM started? FM radio? No, no, was no. That... Okay, FM that was later. Was much later. That was much later. later. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was like, that was coming in like the mid-60s. Right, um, right. And, and okay, we... that was like when, when Bob Dylan went electric. That's when they did the FM, right? Around yeah, that time. FM started as sort of underground networks because it was a right. totally open frequency band. Right. And then it, it created these, you know, became, but it was started out connected with the counterculture, with the underground. Right. Music. Yeah. And, if and, for and, the sixties music to play the two tones in different ears, like it, it, FM had, okay. I'm sorry I interrupted you, but so it started with the schmaltzy you were saying like, um, yeah, yeah, it was just okay. yeah, teenage, you know, you got like Pat Boone, you know, and then you have like all these novelty songs for kids, you know, like, you know, like little, kid songs um, you know, i am so a that, puppet i'm a little wooden puppet or whatever no, that, 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 that's played in the preschools right but but right so there. rock was dead it was literally gone um and and then you of course now yeah you have like some like little surf music in california but you have you have very poppy you have all like the girl groups you have motown kind of stuff but right rock was erased right and everybody was either out of commission or disgraced okay huh. um so, but it was, and it was an abrupt ending, right? You know, multiple deaths, et cetera. Um, so when the Beatles come in in February, this is representing, basically it's the same music, right? As you had in 1958, in right. 1957, 1954. I mean, it was just, you know, you know they were playing- Skiffle and like whatever, like the well, fast paced, right? They're just playing rock. They're playing, right. you know, American rock from- Happy from love high, songs, right, right. But, but with the rock and roll, traditional sort of, you know, 1950s rock. Yeah, yep. the structure out, of the beats and stuff. Right, yeah. right, right. So, so this was being brought back to usher in this new era, right? And so this is the opening. And, and I think that he is also referencing that because um, I, I believe, you know, when you go to the final end, you know, with the, the, the satanic stuff, um, that is, um, you know, it, it shows that this has been complete. Right. So he's right. saying the music, he's saying the music died. He didn't say the music went to sleep and the Beatles brought it back to life. The music had, had died. Right. Kennedy had died. They weren't coming back. That era yeah. wasn't coming back. Even the era of the Catholic domination or, or not domination, but the Catholic influence on the media, stopping certain types of music, stopping certain types of film. Right. That was broken. And Kinsey was broken. working in the, in the shadows too. Like he was changing the culture in that area, uh, you know? And so like they stole away the the pure music of what like this buddy holly was just creative and making this music and they stole that away and they give us a, a simulation of the original to fool us into like they steal the real and give us back the fake you know that's kind of their how they do it you know so i'm sorry I interrupted um, yeah yeah i, I want to definitely give brett a lot of space space right right just, bread is here I'll, too I'll just, um so did <laughs> you write the book of love so i just think it's interesting you know the way that he changes who's he he's addressing here did you who's who's the you he's addressing right that that's interesting like did you write the book of love and do you have faith in god above if the bible tells you so hmm. now now he's he's showing the replacement of religion with music right do you right. believe in rock and roll um now do you believe in rock and roll rock and roll had died right that innocence the purity was now being repackaged and resold with the very fast evolution from look at the beatles we're talking in just a matter of years yeah. massive cultural shift from you know i want to hold your hand to like 
you know i am the walrus <laughs> or, or not even just the beatles right you have psychedelic yeah. you have black sabbath you have you have you know all kinds of right. vastly different different music and it just shifts up a huge notch i mean think about it the right. beatles and all those groups were pretty yes you had your you know it super production for like you know frank sinatra with the full orchestra or whatever but this music was just two or three microphones man you know what i mean yeah just real super simple production right not much involved right but then uh, by but the end of that by the end of that decade they had led zeppelin and they were like you know huge arena shows and perfect sound and like amazingly built like you know they they only have a few microphones but it's like it's turned into this huge behemoth you know uh but anyway go ahead sorry yeah and so this line here he says can music save your mortal soul so there we have that juxtaposition of the religious element right that brett astutely referenced it's really that's a that is a very core element in the song but rock and roll just as the beatles said we're more popular than jesus right <laughs> that's right did you know the Beatles? it was that was right. extremely that was a huge huge thing i mean they were burning beatles records all over the country right, right? um and then, um, you know, can you teach me how to dance real slow? I'm not sure if that. So the next lines. Well, it's be, the teaching of the dance real slow. That's the loss of the, the they, they, it's not dance music anymore. It's not like made to make you happy anymore. It's like, uh, it's doing different things to your body, you know, like, um, like you talk about it in your, sh in, in the shows that you've done Hans about like the, to, like the, I'm a little puppet. You know, some of those so some of those sounds are made to influence your central nervous system and like to cause feelings and emotions and weird reactions. Um, it's not dance music, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, well, yeah. very important. Thank you for bringing that up. Is it, so you have this uh, Children's Record Guild, right, which was actually proven to be a communist front. Right. connected with pavlov right connected with research <laughs> on behaviorism oh, and man. metronomic induction of mental illness induction right. of schizophrenia induction of firing parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems at the same time to create basically a type of not only cognitive dissonance but physical dissonance right <laughs> so you have you have the desire to to take your clothes off and throw in, the, in mud, the mud right? yeah, yeah. or or you still have these values right but here's what i'll say is that if you look at it and I, i've talked about this before is that the nervous systems were primed because these records were sold the thing was you know there's the like 50s four, too, four, yeah. four or five different variants of these record companies they were sold at a third even a quarter of the price of sort of the mainstream preschool yeah. records so you, you know you're buying records for your school and you're gonna you're looking at the catalog because you can look at all these catalogs and you can buy the you know the rca for five bucks so you can get children's record guild for 99 cents right oh. so yep. their nervous systems were primed they were pre-conditioned or pre-shocked right. and then they were given this experimental lsd that's like made in a you know in a garage somewhere like with all with like and then the, the amphetamines and shit like on top of this influential uh, like the the tones and stuff that's like hijacking their uh so anyway yeah ultimate like had a lot of experimental drugs and a lot of like weird scenes um but we, i guess we'll get into that later and i i don't want to leave brett out in the, in the oh, cold. sorry Brett. yeah no, i'll stop you i don't mean yeah, to talk yeah. too long but one last thing i'll say man sean is that yeah this is this is much you could say it's much deeper maybe it's much more shallow right than say the experiment you know this is 
pre-drug scene, and this also doesn't matter. You right. take drugs or not. If you went to, you know, one of like tens of thousands of preschools right. or schools across the country, you heard those recordings for your nap time when you lie down in your hypnotic state or you have like marching like a soldier. So you listen to that. Now, the, even if you don't like the, you know, the Beatles, even if you don't like the Rolling Stones, you're not going to escape hearing them. You're right. not going to escape encountering them. So, so, so it's much of a much broader, you know, and the dr obviously drugs are a central point, but that's not going to hit yet. That's hitting a percentage of the population. It's true. Right. And like yeah. it, and it was pushed on everybody. Like everybody heard the stones, everybody heard the Beatles. It's like you, you had to, <laughs> you know, uh, Brett, do you, uh, do you agree with what Hans was saying earlier about the, uh, the progression from, uh, uh, from the, the sock hops to the satanic and uh is that is that what you see as well uh similar yeah broadly as as i said i mean he's he's describing a certain arc in in pop culture that he has again said very recently confirmed is that he reads very darkly not just you know um ultima and manson helter skelter these you know right specifically references, references. But he thinks the whole he thinks everything that's happened he says since the day the music died right has mm. has been bad which is not a kind of kosher right countercultural in interpretation of the counterculture um and he's right though i mean everything is bad like even the kids cartoon like like what hans uh was talking we were talking about the i'm a little puppet that's a record that was given to elementary school kids and uh he talks about it on william ramsey's show um uh if the listeners should go back and listen to that one find uh in in william's catalog but but go ahead so yeah anyway i i think he's um but again, the overriding theme is religious, right? And the reference yes. to Father, Son, and and Holy Ghost. Um, and it, he begins a lot of this at the beginning of the song when he talks about, did you, did you write the book of love? So I think what's going on there is the book of love is is the Bible on, on one hand, right? Huh. Yeah, it's, right. God is love. The Bible's the word of God. Right. Um, and I mean, to whom is he asking the question? I mean... I don't know. It's a poetic question, but it's like basically what's going on is that the um, music is supplanting. So there's a song, "The Book of Love," right? So he's putting into um, uh, kind of juxtaposition, right, the the pop culture sensations of the day with um, the the religion, um, and the one is is supplanting the other, right? It's taking right. and then it becomes satanic. And I think I don't know. I'm, I'm you have to interpret mclean based on the things that he said and based on what's in his songs but if he says as he does that like what it's the song is about is or or what the song is saying is that we're moving toward this really dark era ruled by an evil god <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think we're um, there i mean uh, <laughs> I think it's like he we says that and he also says that god the song is about god becoming evil I mean, I know he's not a philosopher, but he does seems to be a really well-read guy. Actually, I didn't know much about. He did. It. He went to college. His his minor was philosophy. <laughs> so, like, he he thinks these thoughts. So, I saw that. Um, didn't so mean to interrupt you. Sorry, I just I do. Then, <laughs> then it's yeah. Do you believe? Then it's even more obvious, right? Do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul? So it's not God saving you, right? It's not. Christ saving you. It's it's rock and roll is now saving you. Mm. Um and so 
it's a direct let's... replacement. It's like he even he says it specifically. Rock and roll has to save you now because the book of love is gone. But I but I would add, I mean, I can't speak for anybody here, but I mean, I just feel like I pretty much grew up um, and I could identify with the song because I sort of grew up in the shadow of that where the culture had become religion. And I, I suspect it's even more so true than it was now that the culture is people's religion, although the culture is so occultic now <laughs> right. and fragmented so that people don't even know it exists anymore. So it's even more effective in some weird way. But um Let's see what other yeah I mean we can look at some of these other lyrics if you want I didn't have a lot of them yeah to please to. we already talked oh. about the jester who the jester is I had a few uh, notes there but you guys can go ahead okay right just real, real quick so the book of love I think that that's a that's a telling line because it's not there's you right so obviously if you know you're a Christian you don't believe that you wrote the Bible I wrote the Bible man you know right so so there's also the book of the law right there's also book there's some you know uh there's books of like you know there's book of love you know magical spells and ritual invocation right so i think he could also be is oh he, like the love is the law love under will like the yeah 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 exactly that yeah. law so, book of the law. yeah so you know um that you know obviously the lister didn't that's why i think that that's making that line stand out I think mm -hmm. that's why he's foregrounding that because it's as you know exactly as Brett said. So you have a sub supplantation um, of the music, but then also you have the the satanic figure becoming as God, right? right. Taking control of the the material world, manif but manifesting through the hand of culture, but also masquerading as freedom, as liberation. Um, do you want to go through these line by lines? You want me? I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll just go real quick. Um, yeah. And I'll let, I'll let Brett dive in if that works. Because that's I, great. Okay. So okay, now for ten years we've been on our own, and moss grows fat on a rolling stone, right? <laughs> right. So ten years, right? This is from music died in 1959. The music died. I mean, you know, around 1969, right? right? And you exactly. had that decade period, right? And you have that. And Altamont is like the bookend man, uh, you know, as mentioned, right. Manson and Altamont. Um, okay. And so, um, so the gesture sang for the king and queen, but the gesture, you know, I think the gesture could also be broadly be referenced these forces manifesting as entertainment, right? Satan or these evil dark forces taking, you know, coming on the television Ab as absolutely, absolutely. And taking the thorny crown is again, supplanting Christianity. I think yeah. absolutely, that's the spirit of that's the spirit of call it pop culture or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But then also see a coat he borrowed from James Dean, right? So this is, I'll just read oh, the yeah, line real the... quick. Now for 10 years, we've been on our own and Moss grows fat on a rolling stone, but that's not how it used to be. When the jester sang for the king and queen in a coat he borrowed from James Dean and a voice that came from you and me. Well, the coat from James Dean, right? I can also, you can be seen as referring to the kind of mask of rebellion, right? The kind of posture of rebellion um, that starts with rebel without a cause. Yes. Popularized in rebel without a cause, the outsider as, as the rebel and also, you know, the white wild one with brando at the time and stuff oh well that so relates to Altamont with the biker thing because yeah. the wild one started that whole biker scene go ahead, go ahead yeah man no you're exactly right so that that's showing that not only that he borrowed right he borrowed that coat right so it's showing that the interconnection right. of 
the film and the music and the overall change in culture. Uh, I mean, this is a little bit cryptic. Th this verse is slightly. And people cryptic. say people say it's Dylan because Dylan was also a borrower. Dylan, I'm not saying Dylan. Well, he wore the. I love Dylan, but. But the Beatles performed for the Queen, right? Remember the Beatles? Actually, the Beatles and Dylan they performed for the Queen. Yeah. That's what right, the first that's time and, the Beatles but, smoked weed when they performed for the Queen. Bob yeah, Dylan well, the, got him stoned. Yeah, the first time they ever smoked weed was Bob Dylan was giving him cannabis. Yeah, but uh, so on the cover of Bob Dylan's album, uh, I forget which album, the one where he and his and there's a girl on his arm and they're walking down the street. I forget the title of this album, but he's wearing the coat from Rebel Without a Cause, the Red Windbreaker. So like feeling Bob Dylan or is it freewheeling? Yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, but in any case, like he's wearing this red uh, uh, windbreaker jacket that James Dean wore in that film Rebel Without a Cause. And, you know, like you're tearing me apart. You know, oh, yeah. that whole thing is like he's all that folds actor. in. He's ter Yeah, he is. But <laughs> I mean, if you ever like if you look into Hollywood Babylon and like what uh, what the, what that freak says about him, like, holy crap, that whoa <laughs> crazy person but in any case james dean was like he was put up as this pedestal like this is what all boys should want to be and he was like confused and had a bad family and didn't know how to live life and like like you turned me apart like he uh rebel without a cause right so this whole 60s children had nothing to live for and they had not, they they wanted to rebel, but they didn't know what they were rebelling against. You know, it, it, they were totally wielded. They they like the culture wielded them into this rebellion, and uh, you know, Bob Dylan was one of the pawns in their game, and he was wearing the coat that they told him to wear in the I, photograph. You know, Go ahead. Dylan was more than a pawn. I well, no, that, that's a Probably. great point. Yeah, you're because, right. Because yeah. because basically, so but I I want to stress again, borrowed, right? So you're, mm -hmm. you're just you're looking back to these 1950. 50s culture and as you look back to that you're copying and you know you have like boulder yard talks about the simulacra right so right. you have you have this it's being extracted right and now it's being used as a type of magical image that is referencing the past but it's not so it's taken out of the past it's it's being manipulated right it's not following the normal temporal cycle it's this is this is the the transformation into this new it's like a bifurcation right right like you can see like this ending with you know everyone being a human cyborg or whatever <laughs> um but but um so, but, but so we continue with that um so he borrowed the coat but a voice that came from you and me so the voice that came from you and me, he's you know is that he's I think he's saying that the, the music in the 50s either I think he's saying both that, you know, in the 50s rock, it was representing, you know, just, you know, the, the voice of the people and the natural stuff. And then also, I think in the future, because the gesture takes the crown of thorns, when the king was looking down, he takes the crown of thorns from the king, right? Mm -hmm. So that's also like, the voice came from you and me. It's like our voices are, we've lost our own will and identity. We yes. are now part of this pop, this well, it's also folk, so with yes. the, a voice that came from you and me. And so, and, and you have to, McLean comes from a folk lineage. He was Pete Seeger's uh, right. portrait. And um, uh, like, so he really thinks that that's kind of, that that he really sort of believes that sort of, he's really, he, you can actually situate him within the sort of pre-counterculture left. He's a sort of like 
pro-labor, anti-war leftist, but he doesn't believe in the cultural revolution. Um, but he, but I think that that partly it's folk. I think he's just saying there because Dylan gets because right. Dylan becomes like this premier folk singer. But his all everything about Dylan was kind of created, right? It wasn't right. he wasn't like Woody Guthrie or be you know what I mean he didn't just he was actually doing kind of like rock and roll stuff in high school and, and hmm. so yeah. And Pete Seeger got real mad at Bob Dylan, <laughs> you know, trying to cut the wires and uh, so like I mean it, I, that is a perfect example of how the old had changed to the new. You know, and everybody from the folk era gets all pissed off. How can Bob Dylan play this music? And, you know, they're like yelling at him at, at Whitehall, uh, the concert in 65. They're like yelling at him on stage, like, you know, F you, play guitar, you know, like, and um, they, these people are, they, they don't want what's coming. They want the old thing. They want to keep living in with the book of love. But Bob Dylan and everybody else is just pushing this on them. Like, here's FM radio, here's, you know, the freaks, and here's the acid tests. And it's like, I mean, they don't have any way to, to defend against it. And it's all new to them. And they're trying to make sense of it. And they're kids, you know, they're trying to understand how to grow up and be adults and shit. So it's like this huge soup of Satanism. And nobody knows what's, you know, like, what's pure and good nobody knows and so like they're told on the radio oh bob dylan is pure and good you know and then you hear on 60 minutes 30 years later that he works for the the lord of this world whoever that is like the man upstairs or the... well lord that, that's a that's a book right there's a, a dystopian novel written about 1902 called lord of the world right about this antichrist you know the game right, right. Or, yeah. <laughs> but, but um but but yeah so this you know and, and so i would i don't know if so I, this is my own I'm extrapolating from, I'm not saying this is his intention. This is my extrapolation sure. and application, not, you know, so, but which is, if he, you know, he came from a leftist background, this is definitely my interpretation. Um, but you have a very strong linkage with the folk movement. Now, not everybody involved, but it was very much linked with and received funding from Soviet Union, right? And from communist oh. affiliated organizations, especially right. Seeger, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, now, with especially with, you know, these workers' movements, the workers' paradise, until, you know, a lot of people, I mean, you know, I'll make a confession. Like, I was in college, man. I was in part of the communist club, you know? You know, I was like, I, I thought, oh, this is like, I'm for the people. This is really good. Well, it's, you know, when you see the reality of right. what it is and how it really is the total control slave matrix and the worker is just simply a tool to right. to push this along. And, you know, but anyways, hierarchy, um, so, hierarchy well, and domination it, of the people. It is Satan laughing with his wings like that's what communism at the end. But, OK, sorry. Well, well it's right. interesting that McLean received a grant from the new york state council for the arts uh which was created by nelson rockefeller, new york oh. rockefeller. and he was teaching at <laughs> like it was weird like i don't know much about this but apparently like around the time he he wrote america by he was like based in a public school he was like playing guitar for kids in a public school like wow. they were like they had i guess folk singers sent to schools in, wow. the, <laughs> in the era too wow um i'd like to look more into that and learn more about that that's probably some MK Ultra right there. So yeah. okay. So all right. So, so did, we... did you, I'll, I'll finish these lines yeah, real quick, please. and yeah, then we'll let you guys on. dive in, and I'll try. 
I'll try not to get too detailed. But no, then we go. Good. You're good. Okay, Thank so you. the jester stole his thorny, his thorny crown. Then the courtroom was adjourned. Adjourned. No verdict was returned. I think that could reference the JFK assassination. Um, then we have and well, well, that's also Seattle. Seattle Seven is usually the uh, oh. interpretation of that. That it's about the Seattle Seven trial. Oh. Some people have said that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Like I said, this is. This is, I have not looked at anyone else's interpretation. So this totally. Well, that's me. good. I, we like that. We want yeah. to hear from And then we, brain. then we have, well, Lenin led, read a book on Marx. So we have Lenin deliberately spelled like John Lennon, right? And the quartet. So we have reference to Lenin and we have a reference to John Lennon, right? right? So then we have, and the quartet practice in the park. I would assume the quartet there is the Beatles, right? right. That's my guess. And the and we sang dirges in the dark. So again, <laughs> music has been stolen. The spirit of music has been stolen. The spirit of the nation has been stolen, and the spiritual connection with God has been replaced by and that, this. And he's referring connection. to the. He's probably referring to the Beatles, um, the final concert, right? Because they they didn't oh, play live for three years, right? Right. Um, there's actually, I mean, there's two schools of thought, but one is yeah, and that they stopped playing basically because um, the controversy over saying the Beatles were bigger than Christ had had a lot of backlash, and people right. weren't going to their concerts, and it was and maybe Paul is the crowd. It's like half empty. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I mean. And then Bob Dylan tries to capitalize on that in the '80s. He was like a Christian rocker for a while. I guess. Bob, Bob went through a Bob went through a lot of phases. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, it just one last thing, real quick on that too is Bob Dylan. We have to remember Bob Dylan was not people that would like the Beatles would not necessarily like Bob Dylan and vice versa, right? Bob True. Dylan was definitely he was considered like this intellectual poet. He's coming out of the you know the coffee shop scene. He's coming out of the you know trying to be Woody Guthrie. You know. in a, intellectual scene connected with the beat generation right. uh, and so he's like the intellectual he supplants you know say like i don't know james joyce or whatever you know he becomes almost right the high culture also <laughs> and he's going being, on tour with alan ginsburg you know like high culture right okay he's the he got the leader of nambla there well not the leader but a high ranking <laughs> member of nambla there on stage with you while you're going i mean how Never mind. I'm just saying it's 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 total debauchery and disgusting Satanism. <laughs> okay. Anyway, go ahead. So I'll, I'll just read these lines and I'll let Brett comment on them. So okay, this please. is uh, the next verse. After you know, after the chorus, helter skelter in a summer swelter, the birds flew off with the fallout shelter, eight miles high and falling fast. It landed foul on the grass. Well, yeah. So stop on. Don't so go too birds. much further than those because okay. those I've there's a bunch of interesting things going on with those lyrics. Um, uh, so it's so Helter Skelter is obviously Manson, Summer of '69, a summer swelter. The right. birds threw up. So he's there's a um, there's also wordplay on birds here, right? Eight miles high and falling fast. Well, that's the birds eight miles high, which was a breakthrough uh, psychedelic folk rock right um, uh, song. And it's connecting Manson in a weird way to the scene, to the Laurel Canyon scene yeah. uh, around the birds. Like and Don also, knew all about the Laurel Canyon thing in the time that it was happening. Mm. 
And again, although the guy's sparse with words, I think from the song and some of the things that he has said, you can see he doesn't like this scene. So it's like the landing foul. He's like their whole sort of scene is right. foul and it's landed right. foul and bad. And it's a play on words because foul birds, and, you know. That, go ahead. And I mean, but, but also and, bird shit, right? They're flying up in the sky and they're defecating on the masses. They think they're getting entertained. <laughs> they're getting bird shit on their heads. <laughs> Um, but, but, uh, yeah, yeah. To, to substantiate the claim though, that, I mean, Manson was closely connected to that Laurel Canyon scene. I mean, just take Neil Young's, uh, words. He said, you know, he was a part of, you know, more, much more than right. anybody wants to admit it. I mean, that's what you gather. I, I don't know if you've read Tom O'Neill's chaos mm. Hans or yeah, Great it's book. a, I mean, one thing you take away from that book is there's just no question, right, that, that Charles Manson was just, I mean, whatever he was, right, he was part of that scene on, right. top, on top of everything else. So, yeah, it would stand to reason that someone like McLean would be aware of the connection between the kind of uh, dark turn of the Laurel Canyon scene, the Manson, but it's all, it's connected just in, in terms of these lyrics here in an eight and a half minute long song, right, all right. this stuff is connected, like, right here. I would like to say that... Um... The Meredith Hunter kind of relates because uh, Meredith Hunter had a very bad childhood, had a schizophrenic mother, had, uh, was in <clears throat> was in uh, jail like since he was eleven. He was like in and out of juvie, and just like Manson, you know. And Manson like went to <clears throat> Manson went to Boys Town. You know, Manson was like uh, experimented on with MK Ultra while he was in jail. And who's to say Meredith Hunter wasn't tuned up and programmed through SRA, whatever, trauma based mind control, like the guy from uh, like the uh, James Holmes guy, the Batman, you know, Sirhan Sirhan. Like, why would he bring a gun? You know, what is he thinking? Why, when his girlfriend kept saying, come on, let's go, he's like, no, I got to get to the front. I got to get to the front. He pulls out the gun. Like, it seems like it was created that way. Like, he was a dupe, you know? Uh, and the fact that his mom is schizophrenic, his dad is not there, um, he has mental problems himself, and he spent his entire childhood, you know, upbringing in institutions. I wonder if uh, that relates specifically to uh, Manson and the way that Manson was created. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Manson was absolutely. Manson would not have existed as Charles Manson unless his parole officer created right. him. You know, I mean, he literally gave Manson was a, you know, was a, was a hard ass career criminal, right. you know, con man, hustler, you know, sometimes pimp, whatever, you know, and very useful was, for the cult, you know, yeah, they need strong and, men like the hell's angels. Right. But, but you give man, then you, you know, you give him LSD and then he thinks he's God. He thinks he's Christ. So you got this guy with this, you know, you create your Messiah, but then he, he's not just some dude from a middle-class background that, you know, this guy has street smarts. This guy, you know, is, right. And he has a dominating personality. And, you know, you, you may have met people like this or not. I mean, you know, they can be good looking, but if they're like, they've been in prison, they've done stuff, they'll come to a normal social scene. They can dominate it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? So he had power and absolutely. So great, great reference to the Laurel Canyon thing. That's, uh, I didn't see that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. Thank you, Britt. Um, did, would you, uh, 
Did, would you agree that maybe Meredith Hunter could have been tuned up? What do you think, Brett? No, I, I haven't looked into the back. I knew a few of the things about his childhood background. But yeah, I mean, I I think more like there was a, um, my running theory, and we'll get to that when we talk about Gimme Shelter, but it's more mm -hmm. like they had just created this uh, kind of crucible where something was just bound to, right. to happen. And it involves, I mean, you know, uh, um, Hunter Thompson was prophesying about how the Hell's Angels versus hippie scene was going to oh, come. Oh, yeah. This, uh, that book that he wrote, right. Sure. It was It was already, it was like, it was already, pre, uh, it was already predictably programmed, actually. Right. Well, you know, and also, so the Ultimate venue changed multiple times, right? It cha yeah. It was changed, and Jolly West actually was connected with helping secure. <laughs> really? Jolly West. I know Stanford yeah. business was... <laughs> Yeah, you know, okay. yeah, yeah. Jolly West was part of <laughs> wow. getting that that venue, right? Wasn't he uh, Charles Manson's parole officer? No, he was. Well, he he wasn't. was related, to, like he was well, no, working they, they, at they the, shared the, the free clinic in San Francisco. Jolly West had had his safe house. Jolly West shared an office space with the office of Manson's parole officer. Okay, <laughs> they were in the same building. Right. And, and then Jolly West, he had um, he had these like fake hippie safe houses. And there's funny, like you look. I think this is and in the, the free clinic on Haight Ashbury. Yeah, in that that chaos book, right? One of the the late ladies is like we don't we i don't know what you know yes you're supposed to keep this journal and they're like you know grad students dressed up like hippies and like jolly west is like the most fake hippie you've ever seen you know, he's, <laughs> he's walking around like yeah. a hippie but they're like yeah. what am i doing here you know we're supposed to right. hang out act like hippies take drugs she said i think i'm being experimented on yeah you know so these these grad students or these you know whatever but anyway jolly west was right there and he's also connected with altamont mm -hmm. so i so it's not it's not a stretch i i a it was a crucible b it was a deliberately created crucible it was based you know it was based on this arc of you know it's also based on like sort of traumatic mind control where you have all these this wonderful we're going to change the world love is in the air i mean there was right. that there were people believe that a lot of people man it was like man we're going to change the world bro just give me yeah. another joint bro <clears throat> right um, like uh what the uh mick jagger said in a there, when he was talking about the concert he was like oh we just we're gonna have a free concert and we want to show the world how everybody can get along and you know peace love people we all you know and it's gonna be great we can show the world that peace and love is the way to go and then this is altamont is what happens with the murder and just like total uh fear and like everybody like anyway so it's funny that ironic that mick jagger even said like this is going to be an example of how we can live <laughs> yeah yeah but then also at the same time right you have the swapping out of the lsd as it right. starts to get contaminated and it, we see mm -hmm. the brown acid right woodstock right. you know literally like p pigs in the mud right? right but that's still woodstock is still seen as you could it's not on the it's there obviously you know it's it's very degraded ritual it's a shamanistic you asked about the human sacrifice rights rights of elusius right this goes back these mystery schools right. you know and you have so that's sort of this musical um like ritual Dionysian, and it, dionysus type of uh yeah yeah Okay. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know if we want to, because I mean, actually, there's so much in this song, you could probably. Well, just, yeah. Well, do you yeah, want to, I mean, 
just yeah i mean we can go quickly through hit, the hit, rest hit of the, the lyrics um... and i i just have something you know once yeah, we get ahead. to ultimate and the lyrics you know we can okay. kind of switch uh, gears to okay. talk about give me shelter if you want okay. sure I'll, I'll kind of skim through um i'll just read the lyrics and then every anyone want to chime in um so so that that same line land and fall on the grass okay the players tried for a forward pass with the gesture on the sidelines in a cast i don't understand that per se but the gesture could also be in a cast McQueen it's not just says, one gesture it's more like in a cast okay. of actors in a performing cast but go, go oh, ahead. Right, right 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 so the okay so it's usually taken to mean uh dylan who had a broken had a broken leg and a um motorcycle and accident. he also wasn't touring at the time but uh, uh mclean actually says that it it just means it wasn't funny anymore at some point like the mm-hmm. sort of i guess you could say the jesters um uh had changed its nature or something but he said it because it was not funny things that were happening anymore were not sort of they were getting very dark in other well, words well also yeah. think about it the jester took the crown from the king and so like he took the power of authority and now he's on the sidelines so like there is no rules anymore and that no one is there's no more order you know, I think that might relate. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and and so yeah, I think that that also you know makes sense. Um, you know, the uh, so the forward pass. Um, so the gesture is on the sidelines in a cast, but it, I think what he's the next one. Now the halftime air was sweet perfume, while the sergeants played a marching tune. Sergeant Peppers, all right. you need is love. Um, so so I think he's also referencing this, the, the well whether he's doing it consciously or not, right? Talking about this, the, the implantation of these specific temporal, por, temporal, um, you know, psychodramatic, psycho, you know, drama, transformational consciousness manipulation spectacles, right? right. And so these spectacles, um, so you have these moments of reprieve, right? You have all you need is love. But as he said, we all got up to dance. We never got the chance. It, we never got a chance. This love was taken away from us, right? right? What we saw, this dream of peace and love, it's starting to get dark. It's our, it now. Yeah. Yep. And the, so, and the specific, and the specific allegorical references here to the 68 Democratic National Convention, mm-hmm. I, I think, and sergeants is going to be used and marching tune. I think he's even said it, it does relate to the kind of uh, military, military, industrial right. uh, sort of spirit, and the uh, you know because this is also, and I don't agree with. I think part of this song is giving people this kind of deceptive boomer narrative that there was this um, peace and love thing that that went sour. I think the reality, the esoteric reality, which McLean also gives a sign that he understands, is that that's just what some that's what seemed to be happening what actually happened was there was just a new phase in the program occurring and you know it was just this sort of one this one wave um but anyway yeah you can go on yeah but so so i'll I'll give another you know side to it is that the players you can see the players as you know the mass movement of the people right that that are they're trying to change the culture that you know they're they're going through they're living their lives they're part of this they don't know they think this is real right they've i think it's also showing that um that's this you know the supplantation 
of the actual reality, the temporal stream to this artificial space that's been right. generated. So it's a mind space, it's a physical space, a relational space, an interpretive space. Uh, and then the marching band, the next line, because the players tried to take the field, but the marching band refused to yield. So the music, the, the, the sort of the cultural engineers have now they dominate over. the space they, they they have taken over and so you know when you know it's like the voice that came from you and me it's like you know you and i right in the very beginning of the song it's not only that you could say the early 50s rock is showing you know people's emotions da, da, da. now are the voice the people's actual will has been supplanted. Totally. They no longer have their will. They're now under submission to the will of the the dark powers. And they think that this is their will, but they don't know their will anymore. Right. Okay. Right. So, the jesters on the sidelines while but actually the, calling the shots. And they're but they're making the forward pass in their satanic uh you know uh, workings. And the those of us who have the crown or the, the jester with the crown is step at the side and allowed it to happen. Like go ahead, you got the field. And then all of us are trying to join the game. Nope. No, they're in control. No one else can do this uh, culture jamming. <laughs> this is for the Satanists only, you know. That's uh, that's interesting. I never thought of it like that. Okay, great. I'll read the next <clears throat> line. Let Brett Please. chime in. So, um, so I think this is where you know. And now we're hitting our hitting the gold, man. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, oh, and there, there we were all in one place. Oh. And there we were all in one place, a generation lost in space. Right. With no time left to start again. Okay. So, um, so come on, Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick. Jack Flash sat on a candlestick because <laughs> fire is the devil's only well, go, friend. Well, so, go, so go back. So, there's, uh, <laughs> so the first stuff, the first lyrics were about Woodstock, partly. I mean, that was at least one kind of valence of, of the metaphor here was uh, Woodstock. Uh, that's in all in one place. Before that, by the way, you missed one lyric. It was, do you recall what was revealed the day the music oh, died? You're right. I, sorry. I, you know what? I, 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 you're right. And that, I actually... I, I spaced on that line because it only because it's going into the chorus, but he's right. referencing the heart of the song. Thank, thank you for, uh, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, understand. yeah, but he doesn't say that anywhere else. That's very kind of initiatory language. That mm -hmm. something's being revealed here. Mm -hmm. all this is something's being shown out of all this. So Woodstock, and then Woodstock goes into its inevitable, um, you know, uh, object of comparison, which is. Ultima, right, which is it's contrasted with. So and then yeah, and then we're getting into Mick Jagger. Okay. So so come on, Jack be nimble, Jack be quick, Jack Flash sat on a candlestick, can, you know, candlestick point, candlestick San Francisco. Candlestick Park. Candlestick Park. Right. Candlestick Park, even though we didn't have it in Candlestick Park, but that's the other candlestick reference. So uh, so it's Jack Flash, but if if Jumpin' Jack Flash obviously is the song being referenced right. here. And if you look at the cover of the single, you might even want to get that up um oh, that's you should yeah, get that up it. but hans can comment so that was one of my visual aids um oh okay but, so it's I, here one say the, I, the upshot the, here while he looks for it is that clearly it's the devil jumping jack flash is uh 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 you know a pen name of the devil and it's also being used to refer to mick jagger here um 
obviously yeah. as the devil and, and that's going to get confirmed in the subsequent lines but anyway that's now we're at ultima that's what's going on here right okay, okay. so so, so what, what's interesting right so you have you know jack be nimble jack be quick um so this is also um so what was revealed so that's very important the re you know, relevatory language right as this showing he's i think to me at least he's giving his understanding that this is what is going on on the deeper level right so i would say i think the players my just jumping back real quick to that is that i think that represents humanity or you know what i mean the, you know the, the the youth the culture trying to do something you know they think they're they're actually we're going to change the world right they're trying to make the forward pass and then the marching band the the, the simulacra wow that's heavy duty, man. Wow. Okay. This so, is their yeah. cover of Jumpin' Jack. Look at he's got the trident, and this guy's got the. So oh. that's Brian. That's Brian Jones. And by the way, Brian Jones is going to be dead, drowning in a swimming pool a couple of months before Ultima, wow. under very suspicious circumstances. And why I my suspect he's holding the pitchfork is because well, he was pretty much universally hated by the band. They were trying to get rid of him. They did get rid of him, and then he conveniently died. Um, but I, I, I don't know the man. I can't judge him. A lot of bad stories are told about him. So he's got the. But there's also kind of a devil mask that, right. which I can't. I'm not sure which band member. Well, you know, so you know who that looks like. Um, just uh, uh, you know, throw this in there. I, I think it could be relevant, right? So that's he, Keith under there, right? Isn't yep. that Keith? So we, okay. so we also have the sort of the, the revolutionary movement or spirit, which is represented in its first actual iteration, where the Jacobins, right? So you have the Jacobins oh, in with the Jack French Revolution, wow, with the with, with the the French Revolution, and you know, I mean, people think, oh, the French Revolution was this, you know, nice thing. I mean, there was just mass ritual, blood sacrifice, just mass insanity. I mean. It was a, it right. was a really insane, you know, crazy event. But um, okay, so Jack Flash, you know, okay, sat on a candlestick because fire is, is a devil's friend. Okay, well that, so the I mean, that is... could go the Ace of Wands. I mean, that like that could go into like Crowley type. Like there could be a lot going on with that. What, line what there. about? Don't forget Mick Jagger there. Tell, describe for people what. Yeah, so let's look Jagger. at Mick Jagger, right? So okay. we also have we have Mick Jagger, and he's so he's in he's holding this knife, right? So this when we see if we get to that performance film, right? So there's a lot of he in fact he he reads from you know uh, Hassani Saba, right? So this is a reference. So we have that Masonic. Uh, hand uh, hand symbol that's also like a letter like you know the 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 band help he has the, uh, the oh uh, right yeah, 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 yeah right so we have sort of the guy with the devilish mask I think that's referencing Gilles Doré so Gilles Doré was like the original ultimate crazed devil worshiper right uh, anyone familiar with you guys familiar with Gilles Doré very important figure um in actual practiced you know satanism you know and, and he was a he was basically he was worked with joan of arc right he was a a prince um but then he basically spent all his money and then he started to go to these various you know uh, magicians you know bringing him from italy and gils Dore ended up killing hundreds if not thousands of children with like he had this whole torture sacrificial dungeon wow. with you no know, really satanic sacrifice on a mass scale um 
You know what I mean? And, and, and so yeah. and he, I mean, and, and but that that's what that that face kind of looks like. You have the red face, um, and then we've got. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff. You've got okay, the, the the black mask, black hand gang. I'm just pulling stuff out. I have not seen this. Yeah. The um. So okay. Uh. The uh. The drummer there has a black bandana over his nose like a bandit and um we had like the 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 guy in front's holding wine and a pitchfork and well, he's probably um, brian, he jones. Be, brian, yeah, brian jones yeah he and, could be holding and the, wine he could be holding wine because you know he was in oh, they said he died basically of dude. he was just so alcoholic he fell into his pool oh, right. yeah well we guess we're looking sorry notice this so so brian jones right who's holding the blood right the the, the cup of right. red wine Sacrifice. and he's wearing white the color of sacrifice right, right. and he's got the scarf around his neck and he's holding the pitchfork um but look at his eyes so he looks like a you know genuine guy looking directly at you look at mick jagger mick jagger has a very strange penetrating gaze it's like he's looking at two directions at one time mm -hmm. so he's got his hand sort of like if you think of like a prayer position you know and his his hands are resting on top of his head right yeah. so in a it's certain almost way, like, like like when when people are traveling uh to to go on 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 a religious uh they they do this like uh they pray they put their hands above their head and then uh they do the prayer above their head and then their heart and then they like kneel down and then they get down on the ground they put their head down on the ground and then they do it again like uh, when they're uh when they're traveling i forget which religion it is uh maybe it's, it's in the buddhism yeah, you know, this is, okay, right, so right, so right. this is actually a specific posture. It's called Dorje posture. Okay, right. so Dorje posture means like diamond, or it can also mean like a knife. He's holding it looks like a Tibetan ritual sacrifice. And the knife, right? Knife in his right. mouth in the Dorje posture. Right. So the Dorje also can be a lightning bolt. You know, usually like a blue, but it's you know it, it's a it's it's a it's a you know it's a it's an energetic right. spiritual form. And like it's a masculine cutting like uh, the blade. You know of the like you think about the tarot the uh, like swords and you know um uh, that the um uh the voice is like a like a masculine uh it's a knife uh you know it in in esoteric terms knife the knife represents swords represents mind represents like communication uh and all of that kind of folds into it but as if he's like his words are a cutting knife which will uh dissect and reveal you know that's kind of the yeah. what i get well, when i see it Go ahead. Well, uh, yeah and just real quick say if you look at so we have mick jagger then we have keith richards you know he's wearing a leather jacket he's got is that one keith okay i thought yeah, that he's he got, was he's the got, other guy he's wearing red nail polish so he's got he looks basically like a you know like a 1980s you know i'm here to pump you up sort of at, <laughs> at, a, at a homosexual club in in berlin i'm here to pump you up baby yeah, I mean, yeah. he almost looks got, like annie lennox or some shit like yeah, it could it, be. <laughs> he's wearing a what's called a full art right a full art you know but as is you see the black and red right so he's got black and red the colors right the satanic colors of and the eyes and those, are the, glasses those are the really colors. accentuate his eyes and his black holes of like there is no eye there it's just black holes surrounded by these red so like uh yeah, and and go jagger is going to wear black and red um yes 
at at Altamont. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and, and real quick, can you zoom in? Because what is yeah. that a star in the middle of this? I can't see what he's holding in his hand. That's a five. What's this? And then sunglasses. Is that a five pointed star? Uh, well, it looks like his hand is in his pocket and his thumb is the only thing that no, but is. There's fingers below it. See that? I mean, oh, it's coming. Oh, oh, it's yeah, a hand they... is coming from off screen. Look, look at his legs. See his legs is almost like he's a cardboard cutout. See, those legs don't match his torso. See that? <laughs> look at that. You see that? It's like, it's a splice photo. Someone else is holding that camera because that's huh. not, you know, look, look, see that? I mean, holding the, the, the hand that looks like a black hand looks like it's coming look at his shoulder i mean yeah. it, it's it, i guess it could, it could be. yeah it could be yeah could zoom be. Out, zoom back out for a second okay what, look actually, at his what, legs they're very what's going weird. on with keith actually what's going on with keith's hand his left hand what's in his hand or is he hiding his hand this one you can't look, see, his left hand is hidden it, or is it, that his left hand this okay so oh that's his left the guy hand, yeah. with the glasses uh yeah, yeah so like yeah. it looks like he's holding something so yeah there is like tips of fingers here and it looks like he's holding like almost like a canister black kind of thing dude zoom in on his pants i think because they, they put some metal stuff you know it's been going on since you know 1920s go down more there yep, could be yep. some I, I actually haven't seen this picture so zoom in on those pants and look i mean see that does not look like his legs look at it very closely right can't really it's, zoom any further oh, okay well that's fine but look at that it's like a stand see that you have that you have that we what's that thing coming down on the side right it's there's these looks like these little black stars looks almost like a piece of wood. oh it looks like a belt that has holes in it like a leather belt for his jacket Okay, maybe it's just a bad photo, but then, yeah. It, it's probably another... the resolution's not very good on this one. I picked not a very good one. The, the, well, there's a little streak of red. So, yeah, we, we, yeah, can, we can just continue on the stones here, but the next line is, because fire is the devil's only friend, um, and then it's, as right. I watched him on the stage, we can... That, that we should wait for. But so clearly here, what uh, McLean's doing in the song, or very probably, because it's Jack Flash, that's got to be Mick Jagger, jumping Jack Flash. Exactly. We're talking about Ultimont, that's confirmed. So he's saying he's the devil. And why, why is he saying he's the devil? Because Mick Jagger proclaimed himself the devil in the song. I mean, song, I mean right. the culture, My people name. have to understand, the culture took that as Mick Jagger declaring, when he says, I am Lucifer night after night, that meant something then i mean we right. didn't have a completely we didn't have a complete uh, a, a culture so overrun with satanism as we have um uh today well, so, right well, very it was edgy back then well no, and of course another important reference point right is that uh what was you know um kenneth anger the disciple of alistair crowley was making a movie called lucifer rising right. who was starring as lucifer none other than mick jagger who ended up oh yeah who ended up being in the movie bobby Beausoleil, right. bob from the manson family right manson killing who did when the movie was finally released who did the soundtrack bobby Beausoleil in prison Right, the Manson family, and then, Jagger, Jagger, and then Jagger did the soundtrack to "Invocation of My Demon Brother." Demon brother, yeah, that's right. the next yes. thing I was, I was about to bring that up. "Invocation uh, of My Demon Brother," um, and, and so there's not just a, a singular reference. Um, and, and, and before we get on to the further lines, I mean, so you have like Anita Poundberg, who's in the you know the film performance, which has a lot of stuff we we may not get to that today but if we do he's referencing Hassan Isaba he's all kinds of references to occult stuff to pedophilia to you know whatever but um 
basically, you know, they were involved. You had the, the Cray brothers um, that were, you know, these uh, these uh, mafia guys, um, you know, they were connected with them. We can tie this into the process church. Hmm. Um, and the fact is that, you know, and, and, and Keith was really getting into black magic at this time. Right. And they yeah. talked even about sort of presence of spirits around the house. And in Pallenberg, again, who Mick Jagger as a inter, supposedly actually had sex with her in the film. So when they filmed them having sex, he was having so, sex. But just like give people huh. the basics to who aren't familiar with this era who are younger. Like, so the, the Stones album in 67, I believe, is their Satanic, their satanic Majesty's, Majesty's Request. That's not even the album that has the song Sympathy for the Devil. That's no. on the beginning of the next album, right. right? And then they're doing Let It Bleed after that. And then even after Ultimate Goat's Head Soup, where <laughs> Jagger's head is the goat's head. So they are yeah. openly flirting, right? And we just saw the album. there. So there's just no controversy that they're openly flouting. Well, also, so the flirting with the devil, like they in the film, Gimme... Uh, give me danger, whatever. Uh, give me shelter. He says uh, they had to stop that song because the incident happened during that song. And then he says in the microphone, he says, oh, uh, there always some, seems to be something weird going on when we play this song. Like it's like it's there's spooky stuff related to this song in particular. And so go ahead. Well, no, it's so, you know, you know, the reference like the Stones and the Beatles. Here's the thing. Right. So the Stones were put out as the counterpoint to the Beatles, right? right. The, the, the Beatles were the good kids, the Stones were the bad kids, right? Even though basically the Beatles They're were both from evil, a, right, right. No, the Beatles were from a working class background and Mick yeah. Jagger went to the London School of Economics, right? He wanted, <laughs> you know, wanted to be a politician. I mean, and he was, he, you know, he was dialed in, right? So, yeah. and, and you know what? And he, he also, again, I think there, there is a magic spell that like Bob Dylan and actually Mick Jagger, these guys, are really bad singers with this fake American <laughs> accent. I mean, it's so annoying, you know, yeah. and Bob Dylan is just, dude, I mean, that guy sucks. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm going down the river. Okay, yeah, right. But um, so, 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 but the fact is that the Stones, you also have Beggar's Banquet, which is like, you know, which is, that's your Beggar's Banquet. You have their Satanic Majesty's Request. But anyways, so every Beatles album, you look at the Stones record cover, they would do a parallel record with sort of a dark interpretation. Right. And so, you know, this, this you have so Sergeant they're creating Peppers. a dichotomy they're creating yeah. the the sergeant peppers and and their satanic majesty's request came out this was the counterpoint to the beatles sergeant pepper all you need is love and yet both these are both of these sides are part of the the ritual right but mick right. jagger is taking on the role as the you know a, 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 you know in a certain way he's like you know in becoming as for the culture becoming like the figure of Satan, right? Or Lucifer, he's right. he's not only directly referencing that, he's channeling it. And then you had this earlier human sacrifice of Brian Jones, right? The Brian Jones with a lot of these same players, with the same actress, when Keith was doing all this black magic stuff and just this very obvious right. um, thing. And, and here's the, the other side of it, as, as they were getting more and more dark, you know, Brian Jones was, you know, he was a, you know, well-meaning guy. He was, you know, was there for the music, da, 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 you know, so he probably was also wanting to get out of it, right? He's like, I don't, this is, this shit's getting dark. You know, this is getting, I don't want to go this thing. And right. again, so we, we won't go into all the, there's a lot more details about what was going on at that time, but 
um, again, the Cray brothers, a lot of this mafia connected even with, um, uh, what's his name? The, the super pedophile guy. Um, right. Uh, Ginsburg and uh, no, 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 no. The, the, the TV, the TV host guy. Um, oh, uh, Jimmy Savile, Jimmy Savile. So Jimmy Savile's a part of this whole scene too. It's just, right. It's a, but, um, anyways, we can go on from there. So, so. I just, I just want to say the, uh, the dichotomy of Sergeant Pepper and Satan's majesty, like Sergeant Pepper, like Pepper, if you, I, I learned this recently that I didn't know, but I guess it's like an old, uh, it's an old knowledge that if you are tripping beyond belief and you can't come down, like if you take too much cannabis or if you take too much uh, mushrooms or something, if you eat peppercorn, it turns it off. It really? stops. Yes. And the line, Sergeant Pepper, he's like lonely because no one needs his services anymore because everybody's off having good trips, you know, like that's, I think that's what it is. Plus pepper is the black one. There's white and black salt and pepper is black and white. It's like the, the pillars, Yakim and Boaz, like they're on your kitchen table, you know, Sergeant pepper is the black, the, the black one. Right. Uh, so even that is a reference to Satan, but like, if you go to the, like the, the the pepper turns off the the experience of the hallucinations and all that stuff and that's what they're using that experience and they're promoting the use of mushrooms and like that whole um you know the the magazine there with and the guy that went to mexico um the time life magazine how they're promoting uh the psychedelic experience uh sergeant pepper has to take a back seat and they're not you know he's not stopping any trips anymore now it's going to be um and then plus like that relates to been 20 years ago today that was 20 years ago from the from the opening of sergeant pepper was crowley's um crowley's ritual uh and it was i forget what day specifically but he did certain rituals <laughs> which is like the opening of the age and well then yeah. look the ritual of the summing of of uh carozon i always pronounce it Karanzon, yeah Kar right. Karanzon, the summoning of Karanzon, right. right which took yeah. place um in algeria so it was i think right. it was was it 60 i i have it in my powerpoint I have the 67 like, and 60, then 47 no no 66 okay. years or something you know on the exact date anniversary and just before that you have public enemy number one Tim Leary, right, right, performing this occult ritual. So this was a yes. major. So, so Crowley well, was, you know, and he was at Altamont. So, so to relate it to to relate it to uh, Altamont, Altamont on December 6, sixth, nineteen sixty nine, comes out one year to the day that Beggar's Banquet, which begins mm. with "Sympathy for the Devil," is released, and then you wow. have the death. Either we can talk about that when we get to it, hopefully quickly, but either during "Sympathy for the Devil" or immediately after. Um, it's uh, reports are uh, are conflicting on that. Well, then also you have let it bleed, right? So this is a sacrifice is complete, right? So, right. so and, and, and with all of this stuff, you know, you know, I think that this consent is, um, you know, in terms of, you know, you have we could look at all the very specific socio political aspects of this you know the you know the shaping of generations you know there's all kinds of stuff you know that's here but 
if you look at it on a more esoteric level, in a certain way, if you go back to Hassani Saba, the assassins, so uh, we'll, we'll get to that later, but the, uh, Hassani Saba was, you know, he was the model for the Knights Templar. He was the model for the Illuminati. He was the model for, you know, various types of um, Masonic secret societies, um, various types of, um, you know, of orders. Um, right. and, and Total including, mind control including the rosy cross and all this but um they so had long stem roses at ultima and no one knows where they got them <laughs> somebody yep. brought long stem that, that uh, never mind well, that's go ahead the rose. Could you want, but, but yeah, okay. uh, i'm you jumping want, ahead here we'll, we'll, we'll back to read yeah so we yeah we the rose is open. that's all and give me shelter so do you want me to just read the rest of the lyrics about yeah go, go ahead man yeah, yeah. Oh, transition then i'll let you ahead. guys then I'll let you guys transition us into the discussion of, of Gimme Shelter. But Thank so you. Flash that on the candlestick because <laughs> fire is the devil's only friend, right? McJacker is the devil here. So, and as I watched him on the stage, my hands were clenched in fists of rage. So again, McLean uh, is definitely uh, frowning upon this whole scene, not just the culmination of it here, but the whole thing. No angel born in hell could break that Satan spell, hell's angels. Right. And we can talk about to in what way were they involved in this ritual? Were they set up in, in some way or were they participating? Was it a ritual? How deliberate was it? But anyway, as the flames climbed high into the night to light the sacrificial rite. So there's McLean saying, we know this is about Ultimat. He's saying sacrificial rite. Now, maybe he's meaning it poetically, metaphorically. Mm -mm. Um, but other people connected with the stones, for example, Tony Sanchez, who was i guess what what um keith richards drug dealer or something or some he had some attachment to the to the band wrote this book and was saying like that this was describing the scene in these terms like a satanic ritual like people were coming up to be they, he said they look possessed and all this and i think that's one of the now he didn't claim the stones deliberately set it up that way but he just said for it just looked like that you know, when, when you were there, like, that's just what it looked like. So then he says, I saw Satan laughing with delight. That's Jagger. And as we'll see, he's laughing at a very inappropriate point during when they restart sympathy for the devil. And I think that's what he could be referring to um, here. Hmm. Even if the guy didn't die during sympathy for the devil, if it was during under my thumb, people believe that he died during that. And McLean could be, this is what he could be referring to this, this incident here. Right. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to bring up this, um, if you don't mind, I, I'm going to bring up, uh, I've got the Tony Sanchez quote here in this PowerPoint, and I've also got the, uh, the, the shot. So here's the, um, this is the, the, the stage, which we'll get to, but you can see the robes he's wearing. You look at this, this, uh, this, you know, it looks like a kind of an esoteric symbol there you know painted on the on the ground uh, and they and were and they were using that throughout 13 the tour. points yeah they were using points. it throughout the tour not just at altamont but like right. the whole 69 tour at least yeah so so this is i'll just read the text i have from the slide it says summoning the third aeon and this is from tony sanchez strangely several of the kids were stripping off their clothes and crawling to the stage as if it were a high altar there to offer themselves as victims for the boots and cues that would be pull cues of the angels. The more they were beaten and bloodied, the more they were impelled as if by some supernatural force to offer themselves as sacrifices to these agents of Satan. So Tony's not holding back on that. So, <laughs> wow. go ahead. That's human. That's human sacrifices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty. Yeah. He he didn't um, did not hold back on that. Okay, so there we go. 
So I had the um I I'll let Brett okay, go ahead. Let, Brett, Brett. Please please comment, Brett. Well what's the we can almost save the rest of the song for after we talk about Gimme Shelter. If we can talk about it. Let's go into this symbol that is on the stage at Ultima. They so the documentary um it doesn't just show Altamont, it follows the stones on their 69 tour. Right. Um, and so you see this symbol several times throughout the, is it the, the Maisel's brothers? Is that what it is? Right. Yes. Maisel's um, brothers. That you see throughout the Maisel's brothers documentary. And this is uh, on the stage. And yeah, so it struck me as some kind of modified thalamic 15. symbol or something. I don't, I don't, I'm not It looks familiar. like 15 points. Yeah. 16. I think it's like 70. It's some, it's a weird number of points. Yeah. Right. One, two, starting from the, at the bottom, yeah. one, two, three, four, there's four, five, Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Yep, so sixteen. Uh, but it's got, of course, different, different. Um, it's like a sunburst, kind well, of know, like it, a like on a compass. But you know, I, I would also I would say to get the real occult to understand what symbol is, you have to make these all these connect all these triangles and look at the intersections of the lines, not just the points. Oh, right. so that's where the symbol is hidden. Right. Um, and, you know, and, and but um, I I sign that to you, Sean. You didn't do it. It's okay. Um, but, right. you, know, you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. for example, if you see, like, say that you know the seal of Solomon or a six pointed star, if you erase all those inner lines, you've got these these right. um. You know, just or, points, or, right? It looks points, like, or, or yeah, if you yeah. get, or if you take a, you know, you put a, 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 a inverted pentagram on a circle and take out the interconnecting lines. You know what I mean? And just put the edges, right? right? You superimpose. So that I think that's that's where the it's negative hidden. space, um, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, but I don't know um, enough to comment. Right. On that. Well, the listeners, we're gonna have to, they're gonna have to dig further into that and see where that relates. Um, and, and just real quick, so mm-hmm. just and just to give. Um, you know, this, the sacrificial right, again, that Don McLean talks about, that mm-hmm. Sanchez, who was there, talks about, um, unlike that other guy, right? The oh, guy there's the pizza. Uh, yeah. So, so this, so this let it bleed. This is the, after, right, this is showing here, this is basically almost like American Pie, right? You can look at the song yeah. as American Pie. Look at that cake. That's sure. like the American Pie. Look at the innocent, innocent, you know, you know, kids doing music and then, you know, and then, and then you have the let it bleed actual film canister right there. See that with the clock, with the clock, the time I mentioned, the control of time. The fact that there's a bicycle wheel relates to Altamont specifically because one of the hell's angels kept stabbing the ankle of one of the members of the Jefferson airplane, every time he stepped to the microphone, this Hell's Angel sitting at the front of the stage would stab his ankle with a sharpened bicycle spoke. And he was like bleeding out into his socks by the the time he was done, it bled out. Like his socks were soaked, caked with blood, letting it, let it bleed. Like, whoa, they got the picture of the bicycle, like in this cake, this layers, (laughs) the layers. Oh man. And the pizza, like it's a broken record underneath. Like they broke the music on the backside of this, you know, the front side, it's all pretty. And it looks like a cake on the top and they got the clock and the, you know, the chronos and all this stuff. And, and on the back it's broken. There's the, the record is broken. There's a piece of pizza, which we know what that relates to. And that's Mm -hmm. bitten that's right there on the broken record and then the arm that reads the record is broken and then the the time is broken oh, sean I don't, I don't hear anything oh you, Are you there 
Yeah, I'm, we're here. Do you not hear me? Uh, is your internet? Uh, we can edit this out. If you you got oh, a problem with your internet? Yep, we're here. Oh, yeah. I guess you, did, you guys just lost me, but you were still there. Yeah, yeah we're, you, you, we, we, we were fine. Yeah, so we were, oh, we were back to the pizza is the pizza. right, right. Okay, so bringing you back. Okay, so uh, it is a broken record. And it's there's pizza, which we all know, CP, child porn, cheese pizza. This is a this is a term that they use in in the circles of pedophiles. Like uh, so pizza is there all of a sudden. It wasn't there on the front of the album, but on the back, there's a there's a slice of pizza that had a bite taken out of it right there. Like and it's a broken record. Uh, and there's the bicycle spoke and the, there's a slice taken out of the pie on top and there's figures on the pie, almost like a king cake type of thing. And they're all fallen down and like sunken down in like on the right, uh, to, on the front of the cover, the, the individuals are like standing on top of the pie and on the left, they're all fallen down and over and sunk in. They're like they're like quicksand. They're, they're like a band, right? They're like some like little little happy guy playing guitar. There's a girl. Yeah. There's um, and then you know you've got yeah, and exactly, and, and so maybe that's toppled. Jefferson Airplane, like from all yeah. Well, yeah. well they're, they're toppled. They're also missing, right? So only two right. of the or you know, and then they're pushed inside, and then so so this with the tire, that's like a, a king cake. cake, right? But the, the thing that's great is that you can actually you see. They made the shot so you could specifically see the you bicycle see the spokes. spokes right. You could see the spokes, spoke in the wheel, the cog of wheel, you know, mm. Coronzon. Uh, how do you say? Coronzon. Yeah, Coronzon. One day I'll pronounce. That's one of those like <laughs> I never. Maybe it's I'm protecting myself. But yeah, right. so you have you have the Timothy Leary after doing repeating Crowley's ritual right. in the desert of Algeria, right? And being on LSD then flies in and is on stage on the anniversary date. And I have those dates here in, in this PowerPoint is standing on stage while Mick Jagger does the sacrifice. And in this album cover, not only is the music, you talk about the music died, you know, it's almost like then there's like a cake. It's like American cake. Oh, um, right. The music. But look at the, the look star. Like dead, right. You yeah. see that star formation too. see how the, there's a oh, the pink, pink, yeah. pink star. Yeah. Right. Um, and what, and what, one what, of the, one of the, one of the points of the star is broken to make the slice out and if you take a, a star like a like a pentagram or something and if you break the line or if you make it ob, like obtuse or something if you if you make it so that it's not a perfect uh shape anymore that's like uh that's like a negation of that of that symbol like um like the way that they that they invert the 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 up the right side up five pointed star for satanism they invert it that's one of the ways of flipping the message to the opposite mm. so if you break the lines of of of, of a star that is uh it's like breaking the spell an inversion but go ahead well, I, I think it's more related to seeing the spokes mm. and then if you know like 
that was actually part of the ritual. They were stabbing this person and they also like beat up the lead singer of the, we'll get into that, I guess. But, yeah. Just to finish up with the cover real quick. So you right, have right. the, the rec recording arm, you have the record, you have this early, very, probably very early Rolling Stones album with these nice, innocent pictures of them. Um, and then you, of course you have the film canister hidden within this, right? right. And yeah. And then you have this, you know, the, okay. The cake, you know, icing on top of the cake, you have the, you, you know, the, this happy, you know, musical influences that you get into and you think this is, it's like just innocent pleasure or whatever you think it is. I'm sure there's more symbolism if you look at the numerology of the, because those little circular, these are circular, these are spears, right? These are like the, we tie this into the Sephiroth, you tie it into the Kilifat, you know, the, these kind of, these different spears, right. Don, John D's Enochian magic. But the tire, you have the record broken, so it's a broken record. The film is coming out, yeah. showing that you have now left, you have left your actual life stream, your life world. You're now in our life world because we have invoked this ritual process that's now going to, it's not just you, it's the whole on the whole right. world, or at least on America. And, and then it's the like clock, order on the front and then chaos on the back. Right? Yes. And the clock is broken, but now we have this film. So the artificial, the simulation will replace the real, the record no longer spins. It's a broken record. It's going right. to repeat and repeat. You're stuck. <laughs> right. you, you can't get out of this. You're in a nod space. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're so. trapped in the Tesseract, right? Do you want yeah, to say yeah. something about this, Brett? No, um, we could get into to give me shelter. Yeah, uh, let's do that. Oh, one one more thing before we before we start, I'm gonna share uh, um, the the article for from Rolling Stone that is also titled "Let It Bleed," uh, and if you can see the this is the cover here. And if we go like not very far into the article, it Sorry, talks you go about back to the, cover? the it talks about the astrology of the day. Can you can you zoom in on that? Because yeah, it's sure. a really interesting picture. Just to look at that. So go. So the whoop, top. Whoop. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. There we are. So so let's just just start from the top. And kind of the light down. of Lucifer is like on these people. Here. Well, so can you just scroll up just a hair, um, yeah, just to the yeah. top? Okay. Yeah. So so we have the top. So you have this kind of gray sky, um, and then you have, it says, the Rolling Stones, disaster at Altamont, and in the big bold letters, you have let it bleed. Now, in the background, you almost have these, like... Sacrifice, right. Well, yeah, like the, like the, almost the hidden mountain fortress of Hassan Saba, the assassins, but the mm -hmm. way this light is... What, how does it describe it? It's permeating over these hypnotized fans, right? They look, they look like they're zombies. They look like they're yes. mind controlled. Yes. They're staring in the space. And this, this light is not, it's not like they're being filled with, you know, spiritual joy. It looks like this light is possessing them. Um, yeah. It's it, like it encompassing them. It's dominating them and it like fully surrounding them. <laughs> like they are in the womb of this light, you know? Yeah. And they just look, you know, just staring in the space. Right. You know, just Dissociative. Like yeah, yeah, and they're all like looking in different directions, but no one is in either. There's no everyone is completely separate separated from each other, right? Everybody's right. in their own space. There's no communication, but everyone's like looking in a different direction, you know, just so very fragmented, lost, shattered, just like the album. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Just like where where they're bringing the whole generation. Uh, so they're uh, one of the in this article. 
they talk about the astrology of the day they talk about um uh there was a they mentioned that there was some woman in the crowd who says that it's scorpio the moon is in scorpio and it was a bad time to have a concert at all and they mentioned it in the article here i'm trying to find it uh, uh go ahead uh, you know, i'll say so this article right mm -hmm. this article is an example of psycholinguistic programming so yeah. it's not it's not just um you know just a article that is you know it's like the you know whatever you know hunter s thompson seat of the pants you know you know whatever happy-go-lucky 60s journalism it has a lot of different weird elements and while you look for that mm -hmm. i just have a few quotes from from this article because they're a little bit odd so january 21st um cover story 121 um uh they okay so this is an interview with one of the concert goers i you want me to share the screen or please you, go you, ahead and take over yeah yep. uh, no that, that's you know what you know you, you that's fine i'll just read it so because you'll, you'll okay. go back to the whole thing so and this is a quote from this person i'll just read it so quote i think there were two people that stabbed him one had his hair straight it was straight and thick and it was straight back combed straight back the front of his you know he combed it back so much that the front of his head was kind of bald getting thin i know what he looks like but i can't describe him hmm. so right there look at that he's just describing this guy in detail yet i can't describe him he just described <laughs> him but he's but she's talking about his hair straight straight and thick straight back so of course remember the straight world the counterculture right. um so it's a little bit weird. Uh, okay, then he says, we rubbed his back up and down to get the blood off. And there was a big hole on his spine and a big hole on the side. And there was a big hole in his temple, a big open slice, slice right. of pizza. Right. It bleed. Wow. Uh, all could you, you could see all the way in, let it bleed. You see all the way into the spokes of the bicycle. Ah, okay, anyway, right. you could see all the way in. You could see inside. You could see at least an inch down and stuff, you know. And then there was this, there was a big hole where there's no ribs on his back. And then the side of his head was just sliced open. You couldn't see so far in. It was bleeding quite heavily, but his back wasn't bleeding too heavy after that. There, all of us were drenched in blood. <laughs> so that's, that's not yeah. just a normal person I mean, maybe, the, you know, they're just dosed out of their mind, but I mean, there's a lot of symbolism in there. There's a lot of repetition. There's a lot of stuff, temple, hole, open slice all the way in. You could see inside. You could see inside. Right. Red hole, drenched in blood. Okay. Anyways, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Um, yeah. They're, they're, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Brett, do you have something to say? We've been, you've been kind of like, a, we, so, we've been dominating the space here. Go ahead and try Well, people, talk. I'm sure, yeah, know by now. <laughs> You know, the movie culminates in uh, the Altamont Festival, which I, I assume people know was this free music concert headlined by the Rolling Stones as a kind of sequel to Woodstock that had occurred that summer. Between the sum that summer and uh, December, you'd had the Manson murders and arrests. Right. 
And so, yeah, things have taken that sort of turn already. And then during the stone set, Mer this this uh, black guy named Meredith Hunter is stabbed to death uh, by uh, the stone. So the the Maisels, this, this movie is like taken as a sort of document of what happened. And the, the movie is a lie. In fact, the whole style of filmmaking that um, they helped to pioneer this like, I guess called it direct cinema. It's a sort of cinema verite style of filmmaking. Um, I... I, I believe it comes, you know, sort of directly out of the same circles with the Beatles and the Stones and everybody else. But the Maisels are very sus. I wanted to just say something about their background. I mean, so it's Albert and David. And Albert originally, uh, I'm just the Wikipedia article, I'll just quote. I mean, it's all right here. He originally pursued a career as a, psycho as a psychology professor and researcher. After serving in the U.S. Army Tank Corps during World War II, Albert obtained a B.A. from Syracuse in, in, in an M.A. in psychology from Boston University. He taught psychology at Boston University for three years, also working as a research assistant at a mental hospital <laughs> and as head, and as, and as wow. head Head of a research project at Massachusetts wow. General Hospital. So this is someone doing a psychiatric research project at an MK Ultra site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mass General is definitely connected. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's confirmed. So, so it says as an outgrowth. Now here it gets better. As an outgrowth. Let me keep going. What was his role, though, in the film? Again, the guy you're reading about. Oh, he's a director. They did, yeah, so, they, okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, I thought it was. So as an outgrowth of his wow. research work, he traveled to Russia to photograph a mental hospital and return wow. the following year with a camera provided by CBS to film his first documentary, Psychiatry Russia. Wow. Okay, so now he's going across, I mean, oh, over the red. Yeah. <laughs> David, so this is David Mazels. David also studied psychology at Boston University, also receiving a BA like his brother. Now, this isn't during World War II. He went into the army even after World War II. Uh, um, maybe he was drafted. I don't know. Probably he volunteered, served in the U.S. Army, was stationed in West Germany during the Korean War. In the mid-1950s, he worked as a Hollywood production assistant on the Marilyn Monroe films Bus Stop and The Prince and the Showgirl. David later stayed. Uh, he grew okay anyway so it goes on to say he then in 57 he teamed up with albert to shoot two documentaries behind the iron curtain mm. russia close up and youth in poland so you what are the odds that someone is going over the iron curtain to make documentaries and is not connected to the yeah. intelligence services very low he's also yeah. i mean you have they're also have psychology backgrounds one is doing a research project so this movie if i don't know if it's a part if it's filming a ritual but i think the movie is some kind of psychological experiment quite right. frankly yeah, that that's uh, that I knew about the 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 uh, the brother. I didn't know that both of them. So that that's why I would start to interrupt. But I was like, whoa, both of them are involved in psychology, <laughs> and, and psychiatric. Okay, now going back though, where what? I, in fact, I have clips. I've gotten clips that I've I, I've you know I, I've got an archive of some of these films made in the, the psychological laboratories in Russia. That they were you know they were working especially. Like I said, Pavlov, Isaac Luria, um, and, and a number of other doctors, you know, they were doing experimentation. They went from dogs to youth, to kids, to children, right. to teenagers. Um, and they were, you know, and so this was being done and the music and funding the culture and many of the people involved, going back to Children's Record Guild, going back to right. even famous performing artists were not necessarily there as intelligence assets of the United States, except for certain factions within the United States, they were there for, as assets of, you could say this overall um, encompassing entity that's now moving from the shadows to the center stage that has, that has 
not it's not the cold war like yes there's a lot of loyal patriotic americans but there's also a lot of people in positions of power that they're both sides they're working together there's, there's right. hundreds hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of examples of this but like, so they're going there for their training i'm a little puppet this, this oh, you know that's where this research was done for all this music they researched on music they researched on different types of metronomic beats and subverting beats to generate you know i mean pavlov was a he's a physiologist right he's looking at the body he's you know he's not you know and conditioning so these guys going there and if you look at this whole ritual and gimme shelter as the this is the media this is a reinforcement there's the actual event and then there's the representation as both the film and then even that rolling stone article about the film you can't discount how much effect people had people were freaked out by this this was yeah. you know and there wasn't that much it wasn't like internet there was like what three tv stations and you know you know everybody would have read that rolling stone thing so right. it's just amazing that this background this completely it links directly to the scientific aspect and even what they were doing again in russia where they looked at changing the youth causing generating you know trance gener generating mass hypnosis through sound but also through cultural right. manipulation over time and through music itself and these are the same people that funded kinsey the same people that funded the nazis like they funded mao like you know uh they the the whole communism in general people can look at anthony sutton and learn about how you know the entire communist movement was created in wall street and how it uh it isn't a giant experiment to see what they can do to the population to, to to control them completely and now they've they've had all these studies and they've you know they they know how to do mk ultra and sra and all the years have gone by and now they're pulling the plug and they're and they're letting the, the full-on this covid thing and this whole you know new you know there is no more free speech you know we don't they're trying to take away the second amendment as well and they're you know everything there are our freedoms are being replaced by tyranny and that was the plan all along and it took all these years to get here they had to they had to work kinsey into the into the you know the worldview of these people they had to like do make everybody fornicate in the mud on drugs and they you know and then they had to shock them with the murders at Altima and the murders of Manson to traumatize their brains like trauma-based mind control it's mass trauma and this Brett and Thomas on their show talk about like what uh this that you know the, how the movies control us through mass trauma it's like trauma-based mind control for everybody and you too hans talk about this it's like uh this is this is the ritual it's a trauma-based ritual and so we have to know about we have to see the blood you know um the people in the crowd were covered in blood and they're showing mick jagger their bloody hands hey we need really help here and he's like just you know he's up on stage calm down it's okay just hey, calm down do, do we start, I don't we're not at times you want to hit the movie clip we got some time we got time. okay okay cool but yeah we can we can uh if uh if you want to if you have a uh, certain time stamps I can bring it to that place in the movie movie okay. and we can play whatever yeah I'll just say one last thing that you know about the importance of the directors why would you go to the Soviet Union to see the psychiatry the main thing was that the 
it wasn't necessary that this, they were more advanced than the United States. In fact, a lot of the real innovations of breakthrough were either stolen or, you know, shared with them, right? I mean, right. even the nuclear weapons, everything, you know, they were handed carte blanche. Right. You could, the important fact with them, and these were good scientists for sure, and this is very fundamental, is that they could perform types of experiments on normal, healthy populations on human subjects that you could not do in the United States, no matter right. what, right? So you can do stuff on prisoners, you can do stuff, voluntary people <laughs> and mental hospitals. You can't take normal 12, 13, 14, 15 year old kids and make them make them schizophrenic. You can't, you can't, you know, perform these kind of remote, you know, radio wave hypnosis using frequencies. I mean, some of these things, you kill the subject, you make them permanently insane. So, right. and, and you could, yeah, if you, if you take a, a, a criminal population, if you take, you know, if you kidnap somebody, blah, 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 if you have, you have access, you can, they can do anything they wanted. So they were able to right. advance much further because, and they were able to conduct mass, you know, you could, you know, United States, maybe you can get away with a small scale, like super on ethical experiment but you couldn't test that on 10,000 people right you couldn't roll that out to a whole population right. Soviet Union you could roll that out to a whole population right. um, which gives a, a lot more you know so it's just a much fact, more valuable uh, science I mean, experiment over there because they can include everybody yeah. right so right. no I mean it, it's absolutely mind-blowing Th yeah. thank you Brett for revealing that or for you picking that up because the director's affiliation is centrally important uh now um and because the the film we could probably start the film clips this is a mm. it starts with well just maybe play the first scene brad i don't know if you wanted to respond to what i said there or um i mean i mean no i mean i could say a lot of stuff about uh <laughs> uh but uh yeah no just we can talk about what happens uh because the the movie shows a false sequence of events I think also the Rolling Stone article uh, makes some honest mistakes, perhaps. And then there's a third version, which is what really happened. Right. Yeah. The, the Maisel's film shows us not truth. You know, it's uh, it, it shows us that oh, it makes us it implies that the person's body, Meredith Hunter, gets f flown away in the helicopter which did not happen. The Rolling Stones did not allow them to use their helicopter. <laughs> hey, uh, Brett, did you know, I know that George Lucas was involved in the film. Are there any other, even if they had sort of bit roles, are there any other important uh, film people that were affiliated with the film? Well, and I, and, and I knew Lucas was there, but um, uh, so, uh, Sean sent me something this yeah. morning that apparently Walter merged. So, I mean, I just right. talked. So, I, I just did this series on the movie Return to Oz as part of my this like premium series on Monarch Cinema on our show PSYOP Cinema I do with Thomas. And I Walter Murch was a director. And so Walter Murch comes out of what I call the um Francis Ford Coppola, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg axis. Like it's just this basically a it's a, a certainly a creative block that that formed in Hollywood. They're all kind of friends with each other and um, so Merch was there with Lucas. Lucas was a was a protege of um, Francis Ford Coppola, right? And and Merch was in, in all these things. And Merch is famous as especially as a sound editor on movies like Apocalypse Now and and stuff. Where he even THX eleven thirty eight too. Yeah, which he so, co wrote. So he only has a few writing credits. 
and one of them is Return to Oz, and another wow. is THX 1138. Return so, yeah. <laughs> to Oz is one of the most occultic films of all so, time. So, yeah. I you should hear, it. Brett. You got to hear it. It's great. Yeah, Three yeah. parts. So, all the so, listeners need to go check out PSYOP Cinema. Yeah. Uh, at Patreon and and listen to those that three part series. It's fantastic, yeah, if, Brett. You did great. Yeah, if you could send me a link, that'd be great. Yeah. But so, so we have so just to real quick. I mean, so you know, you have this is in a certain way. It's like you have this cultural mythology. You know, these you know THX eleven thirty eight, um, of course. But George Lucas is Star Wars, right? So Star Wars is the new you know mythology here with a thousand faces. So right, have, right, right. A, 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 and, and so you have, in a certain way, this mythos, like in a certain way, the apocalypse now is it creates <laughs> the reference image of the Vietnam War in the collective minds of the of the, the people. Right. right. It's sort of like the, that image. This film becomes almost like an image of the war. And then, you, of course, that's tied into the rock. Um, but let's, let's go ahead and hit the film. So thanks. Okay. thanks. Can you see, can you guys see this? I'm like scrolling through. It's on mute, but uh, I can't can... see anything, though. OK. All right. So um, I guess if I <laughs> unmute. If you want, I mean, as you set it up, I'll just say, you know, like Jagger's wearing black and red. The the whole scene is out of control. Like people are, that's something it's hard to, it's hard to do justice in descriptions, even in clips, because like they're just so many deranged looking people doing crazy things. I, I, I suspect there was, I mean, this is just speculation, but there was probably some experimental chemicals or stuff being passed on. This doesn't even look like acid. People look very pissed. Oh yeah, by the it, by the way, the movie oh. starts with that's occultic too. So this is a, a he's on a he's on a donkey, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a blasphemous inversion of Christ's entry into Jerusalem, right? And it ends with the sacrifice. So the whole thing is yeah, the whole thing's occultic. And it's it Janice films like Janice's um, that never mind. Well, well Jan, that is an art art film, so it's you know Janice. They mostly release you know high level right. art films, so this shows that this is an art film. Right. Um, but yeah, let's, we'll just check okay. This. Go ahead. So there just, he is. Go play he's, from here. Okay. But here it's right. when he's playing. They they start playing sympathy for the devil, and then it gets really out of control, and they stop. And according to the Rolling Stone article, that's when Meredith Hunter is killed. According to the movie. It's during Under My Thumb, which happens next. In reality, I think what may have happened is things did get out of control during Sympathy, but that's when it that's when it kind of went over the top. Meredith Hunter gets killed later. The movie has them leaving immediately after, like, oh, this terrible thing's happened. No, they played the full set. They put like yeah. nine more songs after that. And they don't show this. That's another way the movie is completely deceptive. I've heard I heard from uh a I forget the guy's name, but he did a book on this. Uh, and he said that they played like some of the best music they've ever played. And I think that it, it seems like they're trying to like just get lost in the music to try to forget the to compartmentalize the tragedy that they've just witnessed. So like, oh, you know, but really, if you think about it, like if it is a um, if they are doing the devil's work, right and then all of a sudden they play the best music they ever did i mean that kind of goes along with the you know, the crossroads and the devil giving abilities to people to uh to be talent you know have talent anyway uh well, well also though we have well, we just maybe even play that opening scene mm -hmm. because that he's wearing Star. knight's armor the right and he's on a donkey this like ties into Brett the assassins the hashishans 
He's got a gun. So the assassins, like I mentioned, so the Hassani Saba, here's a direct link to Hassani Saba with the, with the chain mail, with a, a costume, uh, you know, a knight's costume from that era. So it's a, and, uh, the and gun he's got is, the blood red scarf uh, with the with the the cape is almost reminiscent of the red and white of the Templars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and play that. We're gonna see how beautiful you and are. He's got his American flag hat, right? And they're putting him out there to get a picture of him on the highway, like on an empty highway. And he's wearing red shoes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even notice that. Red shoes. Let's have a look at New York City. Omega. So, yeah, it's, to describe it. it looks like uh, it looks like the sign of Leo. The, the no, it, it's zodiacal omega. sign. The end, the end, alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You know, I, I think guess. it's referencing yeah, the yeah, omega. Yeah. Right. Omega, the end. This is the end. Um, you know, you know, the end of the time. We, we've now that makes you know, sense. We, we've taken over. You know, what I mean, this is like the end. You know, the the, the uh, it's like the final judgment. It's a paradise right. of the Ismailis, where you know time has already ended. You know, time has ended, and we're in this other dimension. We're now pulling you into this dimension. So this is right. We, you know, this time Plus, it's the end of that ten ten year span from the killing of Buddy Holly. Oh yeah. To the yeah. you know that that Don McLean was talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, I'm gonna skip through a little bit. Welcome uh, to the breakfast show. The breakfast show. So he calls it the breakfast show because they didn't start playing in. I think this was the New York show on their tour. They didn't start until like 4 a.m. <laughs> they were scheduled to play at 11, and they were like five hours late, and they still played. And then they, you know, the people stumbled out when the sun was coming up in the morning. That's why he calls it the breakfast show. Anyway, so let's skip through his gyrations. <laughs> so this is the song Jumpin', Jumpin', Jack, Jumpin Flash. Jack Flash. Is the first song in the movie, too, is Jumpin' Jack Flash. Right. You know? um, and he's up there, right, sort of as this the sort of antichrist, satanic pose as Jumpin' Jack Flash, which I think people should be satisfied mean is, is like an allusion to the devil. Right. Like, calling himself the devil so it's going to sort of begin here and then culminate with sympathy for the devil and then end with gimme shelter is kind of the music <laughs> because we're in a hellish existence like you know and uh i i want to say his he's got like a purple sash around his throat around his neck but it well, goes all the, the way around just the general promotion of sort of androgyny which is well that too the, right. yeah i was thinking about the throat chakra and like the voice and how that like that's his role is to be the voice um well it's, it's also it's, his voice is is a magical in instrument he, right he's, he's and that's why the purple right, right and even the purple lights right the audience right mm -hmm. and, and you know and now it's red look at that red right he right. turns red you know so this is in this this is in a uh concert hall in new york i think um so this it's, is it's, before Altamont. madison square garden madison yeah, square garden why is it all see they change the color so that red is very important. The red, right. the blood, and it's all over this whole thing. Right. right. And the lighting at Altamont was all messed up too. Like they they set up these huge scaffolding and then they couldn't get the lamps for it. And they just had like one spotlight from behind them 
which is very strategic in my opinion because it shines down on the band but it also lights up like the first so 20 at, feet just pause it for a second so, okay. so i just want to state so if, if you want to go back just a bit so again the people making this film have a background in you go back further just a little bit more okay um and then um so just pause it. yeah just where that guy head starts bobbing up i'll, I'll tell you okay. when to stop so notice mick is like his head is shaking um so this is so with the flashes so this there's some kind of inductive just through the image the film the coloring and just you know again these guys have a background in this is their background so the guy jumping so there's different little things these are kind of subliminal things that are sort of invoking a type of a trance state you just keep it just in the viewer right. and so it's like a red color guy bobbing up and down now look at this guy's head strobing in and out where you see mick jagger his face oh, right. is, what a stupid like that's a stupid because shot. the Why head is going up and down it's strobing down yeah right. yeah and look, it makes yeah. him visible and not visible again yeah, and yes. again so that's a that's a that's a type right. of strobing and it, and and this movie is made to be shown to head heady cats that are high you know what i yeah, mean yeah, like, oh. yeah at, at theaters and the thing is that like you know just as a filmmaker this it's a really shitty shot you wouldn't I want think to they, right. I think they screened it at like colleges and stuff like that but uh yeah very sense. much a hip art film very this stuff seems really so really look you see that oh there's like a skull flash you see there looked like there was a frame with like a little i, I just saw okay maybe i maybe hard to pick that up like when the right at the end where they they jump like you know there's like a little flash you see there's like it may just be the oh wait right there ah there's like a little flash of like look like a skull like right right towards huh. the end of that guy jumping um it's going to be pretty hard to catch with probably that those editing to wait uh so some of these strobe right there uh it just, yeah, it's it, tough man it's tough but yeah you yeah, see, they, seeing that you seen that right, look at look yeah. at the shadow and then there's like this you see the gray face with the teeth so anyways you, you, <laughs> go, you can probably okay but, but anyways continue yeah. yeah we don't want to get lost in like but we're uh but yeah so he's so this is like um in madison square garden in a nice controlled environment where the crowd isn't stumbling up onto the stage there's no hell's angels beating people with pool cues it, the music uh the, the movie starts with this is the rolling stones in their element in total control see uh, look at these flashes just just the guys watch the, there's a lot of weird photic driving right there's a flash just to notice that i'm not, not saying bring it up but, but the, okay the, 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 yeah yeah they um and with the the acid tests they use strobe lights uh along with the, the sound so um and the strobe light causes dissociative trance you know much like a television it, it flashes at a certain level to, to to put you in a in an alpha state uh alpha, alpha waves of of brain consciousness level uh so anyway so it starts with okay that's them madison square garden on stage and then it cuts to the editors looking at the footage so now we are in the editor's chair and we're uh like we are it's we are watching the selection of what to include in the film and we're watching the reactions of mick and his friends so. I, I, I just I, I would just offer one last thing i would look mm. at this whole beginning of the film mm -hmm. culminating in this it's it's one scene this is like the climax yes. of the scene is now but the, the climax is and now we're in the editing chair we're now in the meta the meta filmmaking it's right. like showing it's a film of the film like the album cover right you have the film is pulled out the film is right. edited and we've been put into a mild trance state with these in 
incongruous imagery in the very opening scenes, like this guy walking down the street, you know, you just look at that, whoa, that's weird. And then what Jack Flash reference to Satan, great, great uh, thing there. And then with the weird photic driving, light driving, boom, right. now we arrive, go, yeah. So. Right. So this here, there. Well, so there's, yeah, there's this element of like reflexivity, self-reflexivity, the structure of the movie is the stones watching a movie made about them doing, you know, some kind of probably ritual uh, around an event that was already then shrouded in infamy. Um, right. So, I mean, I think that's what you have going on there, but. Right. And the fact that somebody died everybody wants to learn about it so they're all going to go see this movie it's it like rain. a self-licking ice cream cone it just goes and you know um it, it 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 increases the power of itself by all of these elements and how it references back into the uh the ritual of yeah like, totally uh, it's, it, yeah, it's it, more... it powers itself in a cycle yeah, it's more evidence, right, that there's an occult kind of mindset behind this project. But I mean, another thing people should know, we didn't have time to go into like the whole background of the or organized because there's a little bit of that in the movie, but they don't tell you a lot about how it was organized. But right. supposedly it came, you know, the story is that Spencer Dryden and what is his name? Yorma Kalkonen, the Jefferson Airplane guys. And, and Kalkonen's interesting because who supposedly had the idea he was the son of a state department employee and grew up <laughs> mostly in pakistan now, the other guy dryden's father was charlie chaplin's half brother so these are people that are part of hollywood part of what i call intelligence culture you know whatever their motives intentions specifically are they come out of that that world and yeah you don't get something like this organized and done it started without a lot of people with with connections right um that lawyer yeah, the, Melvin, uh, speaking Melvin. of the connections like um so the grateful dead and the jefferson airplane basically were like the mom and pop of the san francisco culture like they were you know everybody looked to them they were like the leaders of the worldview planning or whatever and um they worked together to uh, to put this on. Uh, the Grateful Dead suggested the Hell's Angels. The Grateful Dead is friends with the San Francisco Hell's Angels. They uh, the San Francisco Hell's Angels helped to distribute uh, Stanley Owsley's uh, LSD, and they have a working relationship with the black market uh, distribution of drugs. And uh, they're friends. They hang out. So the San Francisco Angels are, are there, they work in chapters, you know, uh, so they were originally planning to have it in San Francisco. And then the San Francisco happy go lucky angels would be in charge. Um, and things changed, right? So it was going to be Golden Gate Park. And then the, the, the local government was like, No, we don't want that we're going to make it real hard for you if you try to do that and then they get this speedway and the speedway uh all of a sudden they want to change the terms at the end and have more money up front and they wanted rights to this movie so the distribution rights they wanted a portion of that so that was that threw a spanner in the wrench and so they're uh they had they were looking they didn't know where they were going to go and the grateful dead works a lot with stanford 
And so Stanford Business School called the owner of Altamont and offered him the concert. Yeah. Uh, so like that is it. This is controlled by like there was all this chaos. Where is it going to go? And certain people took the reins and guided it into this Altamont. And Altamont didn't have any facilities. The stage was only 38 inches high. Uh Hey, sorry, could yeah. you pause? Just, just a, yeah. um, there's a couple, some of this is kind of boring, but there's there's a couple things. There's a little bit earlier, I don't want to interrupt you. There, there's a ring, the rings of Keith Richards, and then the painting behind their head, right? So okay. that painting, it, it, it's, a, it's kind of a woodcut. Um, I, I think he has the two red rings, look mm. almost like Masonic rings. Um, okay. it, it's kind of in the towards the beginning of the, of okay. the, of the, the watching it. Other, mm. other than that, um, I uh, keep going back. I guess it, 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 yep, before this. Um, okay. so, but you can see how many references there are to the, the, the Let It Bleed before this. Yeah, keep going back. Um, okay. The Let It Bleed album cover. I should have stopped you right there. Which one they show the whole band? There we go. Oh, Mick's Rings. Yeah, yeah. Yo, or not, not Mick, the other guy. Uh, Keith the, um, Richards. Keith, the, right, right, right. This, this, the Satan on the front. So, yeah, okay, they look like... Uh, the ruby red like, rings. Yeah. Uh, they, so they're the red. Um, you've got that, you know, the, the triangle symbol. It looks like a square, canted square on the on the middle finger one. Yeah, um, I just thought that's that interesting. Was just, but they're like two eyes, right? If that is interesting, those the red, the murder. Okay, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Right, the blood. Right, right. So, okay, and the painting. We're gonna try to look at the painting too on the wall. And you guys can talk after that. Right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of monotonous. It, it's um, yeah, it's a silhouette of a young girl behind there. Um, so uh. Yeah, they had to change the the venue all of a sudden, and it seems like certain people took the reins, um, and uh, they they uh, the Rolling Stones didn't want uniformed police. Mick Jagger hates cops, and I get it; like I hate cops too. Uh, but they were like, "What do we do? They they don't have a security force at this venue." So uh, the Grateful Dead suggested to use the Hell's Angels. And uh, the, the Hells Angels were given $500 of beer, like $500 worth of beer to uh, sit at the front of the stage and make sure nobody gets on the stage and to protect the equipment. Like that was their job. Their job was not to make security for the crowd. They weren't there to help keep people from being violent. <laughs> you know, um, so um, the Stones agree and the... Uh, the Hells Angels are organized crime. I, I know like a lot of them will hate me uh, and want to kill me or whatever if I say this, but it is an organized crime situation. And the people that, you know, the hangarounds, they pay dues. You know, all the people that are members <laughs> of the group, they pay dues to this. It's like a it's like a union almost. And it's a union that is working in organized crime. They they distribute uh, methamphetamine, LSD, cannabis, you know, hashish and stuff. And they, um, they're hired by um, the deep state to distribute. And much like uh, in the 90s, they had Freeway Ricky Ross distributing all their cocaine from the MENA, Arkansas situation. Same thing. They had people uh, in the counterculture working to distribute there so like uh the hell's angels are connected to the larger cult by way of business you know and 
Um, so like this is uh, just like how the the Italian mafia works for um, the the Pope and you know the Catholic Church. It's and they have similar rights and such uh, because it's like it's it's an extended arm of the larger cult that is uh, working to distribute this uh, these drugs and to push this counterculture and they uh, it is like a warrior cast that came back from World War Two and they had the trauma of the shell shock of you know post-traumatic stress of uh -huh. war they come home and what do they do with all these people uh, the Hells Angels they it's cheap to get a motorcycle and they would get an old motorcycle they would get a lot of these old military bikes that were not used anymore the government was getting rid of those too and they would pull off all the extra metal so it would go fast you know and not have much weight and they would just be roaming bandits because they uh you know they they were trained boot camp to have a brother connection and to make to clan up right um and so these people are much like dave mcgowan wrote about program to kill where what do you do with all these mk ultra murderers that they had in vietnam oh well we will we can employ them as murderers here at home and you know the son of sam murders and all of this you know uh 70s uh destruction of the youth viscerally like look at the dead bodies and be afraid and it just and it traumatized people um so like it i just wanted to show that the the hell's angels and the it's all one big soup of like it's all the cult is putting all these elements in together but it's all connected in the long run uh and people don't think about the black market of of the LSD and how much of a force of money that was and to bring all of these customers from all of the towns come to San Francisco everybody you know like it's it was an economic movement as well you know as well as a mind control device and um and then once all the people came for the flower the the flower children summer of love then there's all these loose victims for all of the Vietnam program to kill MK Ultra super soldiers to pick off on the highways, and then the whole you know seventies decade can be uh, like there's all this murder death, um, you know the serial killer was invented, you know the idea of a serial killer, and so it it put fear into everybody, you know there was free love and then smack we hit a wall and this gimme shelter is part of the wall and it's showing you the blood like it is a snuff film so well, well, you know, just a, there's a the painting we don't need to go don't go need to go back in that i believe okay. that's a that's a woodcut but it's like one of those uh, you know a greek ancient greece where they have like these you know trance drug induced rituals like dionysian right. rituals but um so gimme shelter of course the fallout shelter that, that don mclean is is referencing but <laughs> but this um I think with both the album cover, Let It Bleed, and this film, with the, you know, the first piece is sort of like the ritual invocation, right, of that, um, you know, and then, uh, you know, they are basically saying we are cutting it's like reality the reality mm. you experience is now like we're going to manipulate and edit 
We're going to change time and change space. We're going to decide what reality is for you. And we're right. going to show you that it's like the image, the image itself becomes a reality, right? And so the representation, um, but right at the beginning, when you see that first opening scene, it says, even though it's just a concert film, right? It's showing you, no, this is going to, you're going to be manipulated. This is this is serving right. this. But for those like in the we know, can, we control the image. Like the editors, like we, you know, not the viewer, but they're yeah, they're presenting uh, it as the Maisel brothers. Like this is we control this reality that you are participating in while you watch this film. And you can't say for the the um, those you know the uh, sort of insiders or intelligentsia, they could watch the film and say, oh yeah, you know, what I mean, they're going to understand it on a different level. Like hell yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Mission right. successful, but um, yeah. Go ahead with the film. I mean, I don't know if were there's you, any. Were you gonna say something, Brett? Before we. Oh, sorry. Uh... Brett. Well, I got to go in about fifteen minutes when you were oh, talking shit. about the angels, and um, I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the significance of of Ultima, and and specifically what happened is, um, there had been this sort of theme working in culture that these parallel uh, outsider worlds of the Hell's Angels and the the whatever you want to call it, the cultural revolution, the counterculture, right, were somehow uh, twins. And, you know, Hunter S. Thompson wrote the book Hell's Angels, where he uh, describes many episodes involving the interface between these two groups. And he saw it as he just predicted in the book that it was going to come to some like major, I don't remember exactly the quote, but like it was going to come to some kind of Right. right major situation like you get an ultimate so that had already been foreseen and I mean, even the motorcycle thing though you think about how the the hippie culture what becomes the hippie culture it partly originates out of hot rod culture and if you think about people fixing up vws and so on and oh yeah and, Angels, and for the same reason right it was a, it was and it's a traveling bunch like uh kind of like the pied pipers the grateful dead is always traveling like the yeah, deadheads are always it was on nomadic tour. but it was individualistic right. and so so it was much more like individualistic than what you get on the the identitarian left today, mm -hmm. for example. Um, but um, yeah, so I just that's what I wanted to add. Well, uh, since you're, I'm sorry, you got to go in 15 minutes. Uh, let's let's focus on what you uh, what points you find most significant because I want to make sure that you get to say what you want to say before you go. I mean, we might continue a little bit beyond. Uh, uh, but if we want, we can maybe do another episode later and uh, continue if there's more to be said. Like, yeah, uh, um, we could. I mean, honestly, if um, with this, like we've got here with the red scarf, the Omega, you know, and the Hell's Angels. So technically, um, you know, we could sort of just if you want you guys want to we could kind of wrap up and then just do a second part we have the other film if, if that's of interest or we could just you know, try to well I, it in. well maybe whatever if, if you have time hans i would like to uh maybe continue a little bit with what you have uh but i just wanted to give brett a chance before he has to go i'm sorry that it's scheduled this way i thought that we had more time <laughs> but uh it's like if if brett would if you wanted to do more brett uh we could maybe schedule because because uh, you have to depart. Sorry about that. 
Um, what do you say? I mean, you guys can, you guys are welcome to, to keep going. I mean, I've said most of what I wanted to say. I mean, I could have okay. elaborated. I mean, there's a lot of things we could have covered at more length, like the whole, um, you know, just the, the motif of, uh, human sacrifice and, and the rock industry that I think is, you know, Brian Jones, 27 club. But I mean, I cover, we, we talked about what the movie's doing deceptively, um, you know, I didn't imagine we'd be able to like, you know, analyze it frame by frame anyway. So that's, that's all right. <laughs> well, I, I I said most of my points on that. Um, okay. I can look over my notes and see if I mean, okay. I, Melvin Belly, this lawyer that appears, he's a very sus figure. Um, you could you could definitely go into to him. So there's a lot of kind of susness around it, but we covered most of it, I think. So, mm -hmm. no, I, mean, I don't have. A lot more that would necessitate like a whole other episode to add. Oh, okay, okay, sure, sure. Okay, well, let's let me just um, then uh, maybe if you want to comment on this. I want to just briefly hit this thing with Hassani Saba, right? Um, who, who ran the you know the assassins, the Hashishans, um, you know, connected with. Do you want to play that clip? Yeah, there's, I got a clip of uh, William S. Burroughs' last words of Hassani Saba. Then I also have Mick Jagger um, in this film performance, 1970 film. There's a lot of references in there. I'll probably just play one. Uh, clip, but there's a, there's a lot of stuff in there. But so, so before this... you, uh, like, I just wanted to tell the 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 listeners, Hassani Saba is the leader of the Hashishan uh, assassins. Assassins. No, they're called the assassins. The Hashishan assassins. Was... Yeah. The, the, well, they. The... I guess the name came from that because he would he would feed he would feed them cannabis, large doses in their food, and with the people that he was trying to entrance, he would feed them huge doses of THC in their food and then these people it was like indica buds and it would make them fall asleep and when they woke up they would be like they'd drag them while they're asleep into this uh environment that hassani sabah had created where there's like rivers of milk and honey and there's naked nymphs waiting to be screwed and like all it's basically heaven He's created this environment of heaven, and these people that are dining with Hassani Saba are treated to heaven. They're allowed to be there. And then when they, they do their fornication with the women and they drink all the wine and then they fall asleep again, and then they're brought back to the regular environment. And then when they wake up, Hassani Saba says, see, I can bring you to heaven if you, you know, if you just follow me and do everything that I say. And it made soldiers that are so willing to die for him that he can clap their clap his hands and they'll jump off a cliff. They're so dedicated and totally under mind control because of this performance that gives them the worldview that Hassani Sabai gives them a direct link to heaven. And that's where the 72 virgins comes from, uh, this, the whole idea of being brought to this place of bliss after life, if you just follow orders, right? So, okay, continue, yeah. sorry. Well, although, so the, just like many of these, you look at the Catharians and all these things, there's different, you have your initiated, you have the elect within the secret society, and then you have the, you know, the grunts, right? So, so you right. know, what I mean, and so, so yeah, and that, that's all. That's that's totally correct. Um, so the word actually, this is smiley is the name of the sect. The the word assassin actually came into the English language from the word hashishans, which was used to describe the smiley. So they didn't use that term right. themselves. But they had infiltrated, they had agents all over the world in various governments. It could be the guy cleaning the toilets. It could be the queen's minister. Um, they, they administered poison. They could 
kill anybody on almost undetected. Right. Right. And, and other thing was that one of the major, um, it was a, the, the Ismailis or the, the assassins were um, all the way to Burning Man, right? Uh, Hakim Bay, the temporary auto- autonomous zone is, he talks quite a bit about Hassani Saba, right? Because the basic, the thing was that the, the son of Hassani Saba, right? Took it a step further. Nothing is real. Everything is permitted, right? <laughs> that comes from Hassani Saba. Nothing is real. Everything is permitted. You know, the, the, the chains of the law have been broken. And in fact, time itself, you know, for those that are the initiates, for those that are the elect, time has ended. Any moral obligations have right. ended. And in fact, reality, um, it, you know, so it also relates to these altered states of consciousness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it was the root for, like I said, it was the model for everything, every kind of secret society you, you want to think of it was the most successful, but especially with the infiltration of their members into various levels and layers of society, hmm. but also the fact that it would be associated on the front with like another order. But back to Altamont, where did Hassani Saba, the, the called the old man in the mountain, right? Like, like in the Led Zeppelin, right? Song remains the same, you know, old man of the mountain. No, he was in this mountain fortress called Alamut, same name. He, he wow, what's that world. again? Can you say yeah. that? Alamut? Alamut, Alamut. It's basically the same Alamut. word. Wow. Alamut, it just, mud or mud, it just means mountain, right? Yeah, wow. So, so it's the same, it's the same word. Alam, Altamont, Alamut is basically the same, you know, like I mean, it's- Alamount, like the well, all, uh, God's uh, mountain kind of thing? Not necessarily okay. Al- Alamount, but it's okay. just- the specific name that's um, interesting that it's so related i bet that that was significant in why stanford chose to call them you know like uh and and offer it to altamont that's interesting yeah and so but it's it's really i mean you know it, it, this is the the consecration of the rule right by you know you say the cryptocracy the occult initiate initiatory hierarchy you know above and beyond the the intelligence efforts so there you know it, it's 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 spelled out right there and again mick jagger in the film that was being shot before this concert happened he reads um he references hasani saba um it's the film uh performance so i'll just i'll, I'll skip there's a lot of interesting stuff in there I'll just pay a real brief clip of him uh talk re- you know reading and reciting this directly um from this, let me share the screen here. Did I already share? No. Okay, we'll start with William S. Burroughs. And so this is William S. Okay. Burroughs, the great, this is him reading last words of Hassan Saba. Okay, uh, so, so, and these are, these they're all connected, right? Okay. And this is short film. Listen to my last words anywhere. Listen, all you boards, governments, syndicates, nations of the world, and you powers behind what filth deals consummated in what laboratory to take what is not yours, to sell out your sons forever, to sell the ground from unborn feet forever. I bear no sick words, junk words, love words, forgive words from Jesus. I have not come to explain or tidy up. What am I doing over here with the workers, the gooks, the apes, the dogs, the arrows? 
drain out the blood and bones and brains of a hundred million more or less gooks went down the drain in green piss. So you on the board could use bodies and minds and souls that were not yours, are not yours, and never will be yours. You have the wrong name and the wrong number. Mr. Loose Getty Lee Rockefeller, don't let them see us. Don't tell them what we are doing. Not the cancer deal with the Venetians, not the green deal. Don't let that out. Disaster, unimaginable disaster. Crab men, tapeworms, intestinal parasites. Like Burroughs, that proud American man. Proud of what exactly? Would you all like to see exactly what Burroughs has to be proud of? The Mayan caper, the centipede hype, the short-time racket, the heavy gimmick. All right, Mr. Burroughs, who bears my name and my words, bear it all the way for all to see. In Times Square, in Piccadilly. Play it all, play it all, play it all back. Pay it all, pay it all, pay it all Listen to my last words, any world. Listen if you value the bodies for which you would sell all souls forever. Short time to go, minutes to go. Blue heavy metal people, don't let that out. Don't show them the blues. First words of the word heavy metal, right? Heavy Are metal. These the words of the all-powerful boards, syndicates, cartels of the earth. The great banking families of the world, French, English, American, squeezing the air. You want Hassan Saba to explain that, to tidy that up. You have the wrong name and the wrong number. You have sold your sons forever, the ground from unborn feet forever. Wow. And you want the name of Hassan Saba on your filth deeds to sell out the unborn. I rub out all the formulas and directives of the elders of Minroud forever. I rub out the word forever. I, I rub out the word forever, right? And that would be the word of, of God, truth. Um, uh, so that's, again, wow. a major influence in 60s counterculture. And just one last thing here. Let's just check out um, the performance film here, which um, which was, um, uh, you know, it was it was kind of, there's a lot of, it was considered like a, a band uh it was banned in certain places people vomited when they saw the film it was it was so so much um you know i know um brett you have limited time let me just play the just I'll play the trailer real quick for performance and then you comment and then we'll bounce her um but... sure yeah i can comment on about performance and and mick and then take off that sounds good okay so yeah i'll just play the 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 hasani saba quote is not in the the thing but we'll just see the trailer just check it out so 
Warner Brothers presents performance with Mick Jagger and Mick Jagger. James Fox and James Fox. This is a film about madness. No soap on the gentleman's collar. Madness and sanity. A film about fantasy. How much did you give him? Two-thirds of the big one. Mm, that's insane. The old man was called in the language of Persia. There's nothing wrong with me. The old, so the old man was called in the language of Persia. That's Hassani Saba. The old man of the mountain was right. from Persia. So that's a direct reference in the trailer. Just throwing it out there. So yeah. I'm normal. <laughs> What a goofball. <laughs> right, again. Me. Me. Would you call that equitable? I see you down in San Antonio on a hot and dusty night. You're a baggy little leather boy with a smaller piece of stick. He's talking about himself. Baggy the leather boy with a small piece of stick. <laughs> so, like, for the listeners, uh, this is the people that aren't seeing this. Uh, Mick Jagger is dressed up in a. In, the guy's in a, taking his clothes off. He's initiating the guy. So go, go ahead. Uh, yeah, he's I'll, putting I'll like fairy dust over his head, like a like Tinkerbell type of thing. But uh, yeah, good. this is there's uh, Mick Jagger is. The opposite of the Mick Jagger that we know, he's got slick back hair, he's wearing a suit, and that's probably the Mick Jagger that actually grew up going to the business school that Hans was talking about earlier, the real Mick Jagger <laughs> underneath the costume. Yeah, uh, so then you have the guy, like the initiation, so he, he brings up the old man of the mountain, um, you know, just, it's, it's very quick, this guy, you know, this in the boardroom, the guy strips his clothes off. He's obviously under hypnotic mind control. See that Dolly painting, Dolly's painting with the guy's head floating, you know, head is severed from the body. You right. see it right behind his desk. You guys saw that. So there's like a Dolly yeah. painting that shows a head just floating in this weird thing. And so he's, yeah. And then you have the dead bodies, the human sacrifice. So that's, uh, that's the trailer. Um, sex magic, right? Yeah. Oh, then there's lots of, lots of weird stuff in the, the film itself. But, uh, um, Brett, you want to just, um, Say something about that, and I um, we can just. Well, it's yeah, it's directed by Don. The movie is directed by Donald Camel, whose father, Charles Camel, his name was a close friend and neighbor of Aleister Crowley, and wrote an admiring biography of Crowley. Camel <laughs> appears as Osiris and Kenneth Anger. I mean, this isn't a secret or anything. He's openly part of that whole Crowley and Hollywood uh british scene so again just confirmation that you know how deeply mick jagger was entwined in in this right. world of of frankly the dark occult uh the the dark side of aquarius is the title of, hmm. uh, of and mick jagger was going to be yodorowsky's in yodorowsky's dune as well <clears throat> he was going to be the uh the harkonnen 
Son? Well, Mick was trying to be everywhere. I mean, he was right. So many well, Dolly was going to be in that too. Like Dolly was also going to be in that film, right. and they're they're in the same circle, I think. Sorry, yeah. Mick was trying to be everywhere. Uh, is that he was trying to make money for sure? He was broke at the time of Altamont. Um, I don't know if people know that, but they were doing their best to climb out of debt, and uh, this was like a stunt to get. They were charging too much for their tickets. They were trying to like get forward uh, payment on all their concerts because they were totally in debt. The Rolling Stones were gonna. They had to do something, so they had to make this deal with the devil. You know, yeah, yeah. So and it's um. So they're tying the stuff in, right? So it's not just um. You know, random. Uh, connected. I mean, they're actually connected in 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 a variety of ways. And so, yeah, the the um, uh, you know, it, it course, So this movie, you know, there's a, there's a lot there that that's um, that, that feeds into that. So let me just, I'll just play just a couple, just quick quick scenes, just to give people a feel um, for the movie. But again, just notice in that clip, Mick Jagger is playing both the the wild rock star and the man that the you know the oligarch behind the scenes right right and yeah, mick so jagger and I'm mick jagger i'm gonna have to take off guys okay dude. But, but great thank you brett uh yeah, please everybody hearts. everybody needs to check out psyop cinema uh brett can you tell people where they can find your work yeah we're we're on spotify and itunes and all that stuff p-s-y-o-p psyop cinema um it's a show i do with um my co-host thomas millery we talk about cinema psychological warfare do a lot of close reads of of movies so if people want to check us out they're interested in that i i think they'll be pleased with the level of analysis that we conduct over there it's excellent work i'm very glad to be able to hear it and to be able to speak with you um i'm so glad you could join us today and thank you for bringing your insights to the uh, to this topic and i look forward to uh doing work more work with you and thomas in the future we have a couple projects lined up and uh i look forward to our next uh encounter thank you yeah, me too sean bye-bye wonderful bye-bye Brett. Bye -bye. thank you Okay, uh, so sorry, listeners and viewers. We it's it's tough to get schedule everybody scheduled together because every, everybody has lives and jobs and and so it's tough to get us all together in one place, and and when we do start talking, it kind of like we could talk for hours and hours if we're not careful. So you know. Um, Anyway, uh, there, uh, there, there were a few other things like Timothy Leary was at Altamont. Uh, so that is, a. Uh, I wanted to make sure that that got in, um, yeah. and the, uh, yeah, the, it, it ended that the Altamont concert, not only was there fights with pool cues all day and he kept trying to tell people to calm down. He was, Mick Jagger was trying to make people sit on the ground. He was like, sit down, be calm, be cool. And they ended the show with street fighting man. <laughs> Like, it's so ironic, but uh, yeah, please, uh, Hans, take the reins here. What were you yeah. going to say? Well, you know, I, I do have to bounce here quickly, so okay, I just okay. wanted to, um, yeah, so the Timothy Leary there, but then that also ties into the desert where you have the, the homeland of the assassins, the Ultimate, you know, secretly controlling, um, you know, from, you know, the elect who, have, in a sense, have gone outside of the normal space and time and now can manipulate your total reality, right? Right. So anyways, oh, just, just to, to share, I'll just play one clip of this. Maybe, okay. Maybe, 
bring it up again. But yeah, just to stress, like I was saying when Brett was leaving, that right in the beginning, right, that 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 theatrical trailer, Mick Jagger and starring Mick Jagger, right, and they have this other guy, whoever right. that is, and this other guy. They only right. mentioned the two actors, but both of them are shown in a you know sort of a hippie, wild garb, and then like another identity. Right. Same thing with. Yeah, and they, they were holding a mirror to, to the man's face and there was like a woman in the mirror and like halfway on his face. So they were doing this, uh, the combination of the opposites, you know, uh, so they're they're displaying the two opposites of the of the polarities. And then that's what they're playing with these two opposites. So that's like magic in general, the combination of the two, you know, Jefferson Airplane or what the, yeah. the big brother in the holding company does a song about that, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, so one of the things, I mean, you know, the uh, assassins were known for was poisoning people, right? Undetectable yes. poisoning or using like that, you know, just cutting the throat with the wire and just walking, you know, I mean, they were, you know, and people were in terror because you never knew they could strike anytime, anywhere. Right. You didn't even it's know. almost, and it's almost like the way the, um, the, the fight club, like how everybody is like working in, in is infiltrating everywhere. Like this, uh, you know, you, nobody knows who's in the fight club and like everybody's like, who, it, that's kind of the same way, you know? And, yeah, yeah, and, exactly. So, so I'll just play a quick clip of this movie and then we'll call it. But yeah, there's some interesting scenes, but notice, so they have these weird mushrooms. So check out the psychedelic mushrooms here. Mm -hmm. And then Mick's playing Robert Johnson blues, Robert Johnson song about the crossroads. Right, right, right. About. So this is like idyllic. Oh, who's that so this guy? Is Mick, <laughs> okay. This is Mick. This is Mick, this is uh, this is Anna Pallenberg who was there when in the house when Brian Jones was killed, right? So okay. she's picking up this mushroom, and then Mick Jagger. Um, you know, this is a house, and this guy's like a guest at their house. So here's what they do to their guest, house guest here. <laughs> so look at this weird. There's James, James Dean. De James on the Dean, wall. and you see that like the stuff coming out of the head. He's got a gun in his belt. <laughs> There's a lot of scenes in this movie in the bathroom with weird bathroom art, including killing this little boy who wears a dress. Well, the bathrooms are like, um, they're like a place of transition and transformation. And uh, the water is like a cleansing, like uh, like baptism. So, so you know? there you go. And yeah, you have the mirror. Look, he's washing himself in blood, see? Yeah. And then that's Mick Jagger. See Mick Jagger? See that huh. Mick Jagger Durga? Look at that. Right. So there's some weird look at all these 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 counterculture images that are hidden in here, right? Right. Um, you know, I mean just look at so so this guy basically I, I believe he, he's washing his 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 hair with blood. See that? Yeah, so, like being washed in the blood of the lamb. I mean, you the think that's of, a Christian the, thing, or or like the sacrifice? It looks no, like the, water the, coming out. But well, blood. no, it's it's water, but then he next scene he's bloody. He's got blood right? on his face. See, right, right, right. It's like it looks like you got Mick, Mick Jagger, the tiger. Look at that weird, you know, parent. So that's Mick Jagger is like right, they, and, and if he, he's looking, and then look at see, that. If there's it, like if it goes back to the Mick Jagger painting. The, he has, there's like a purple heart around his neck and it's almost a double heart like the Girl Lover logo. 
Well, and look at this girl right here. Looks looks like a she little. She looks prepubescent. Yeah. 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 Totally. Okay. And then and you the got the red yellow photograph. And then you got the okay Durga, the goddess. But but yeah, that's the look. That's definitely a prepubescent. You know, look at that. That's like a, a ten year old girl or something. Right. You know? There's no hips. It's just like a little yeah. kid. Yeah. Look See, at look that. at his neck. And he's got the crescent. Yeah, he's got the purple. It's uh, like a double heart. It's like the heart within a heart. You know, um, yeah, yeah, it's a double heart, um, and then the tiger, and then the you know, the and that's another stars. Leo, maybe that might be the, the Leo and, and Babylon, the the uh, the beast, um, the the beast that the Scarlet Horror rides, whatever, right. um, yeah, and the green and yellow stars, you know, there's a there's a lot, there's a, yeah, you, you, you go in here, but so just follow the scene. Therion is the beast. It wasn't that big. I remember him quite well. He wasn't old. It's all over. Look at uh -huh. that. This boy wearing a girl's dress with a naked man. With all these weird hands. Oh, I thought he did. Oh, Bubba Lips. He had three number ones and two number twos and a number four. You're talking about Mick Jagger, right? Yeah. So, like, uh, look, another. Look Check that out. <laughs> the doll. Wow. And then the, the weird, look at that weird collage of like some kind of African and weird idols and stuff. Yeah. And uh, then people any, uh, in, in like walking together, uh, pantsless, nuts to butts, like, you know, like really close walking in, in, in unison, like, and their hands holding, like almost, uh, it's really weird. And this doll with no eyes. And the China fit, China white face, that is, and it's right next to a mirror. So with SRA programming, there's like uh, steal your face, yeah. Which like they the the magicians make the victim believe that their face was stolen by the programmer, like melted off or burned away, and then they're given a mask, a porcelain mask where every time they look in the mirror, they see the mask. They can't even see their own face because the programming is so uh, uh, entrenched in their mind. So the uh, Fritz Springmeier talks about it in his books. The uh, Go ahead. I mean, because that is that is a porcelain mask, right? Right. So that that's not a face. That, that there's a doll with a porcelain mask and no eyes, and then we have, the, and just to notice, like the William S. Burroughs that clip we saw. So one of the things he came up with is cut up, right? You reverse space and time, and using the the photo driving the light and stuff like that. But supposedly you're, you're rupturing reality by ru rupturing time by using cinema to as a magical tool to manipulate reality. Okay. Right. So and you know. And and so this, but notice then you've got, yeah, you got this, and that's a weird sort of mask. That's another weird face. So we'll just keep going. Right. There's so much. Yeah, there's another here. mask. Yeah, below. So look at this. Whoa. Look at yeah. yeah, it looks like there are dongs hanging in the in the collage there for a minute. And um, so, but the kid, just a, just a thing about the kid wearing a dress, like SRA children, uh, kids that are groomed into satanic ritual abuse, uh, a lot of them are, they have their, their satanic altar wears a dress. If it's a girl, it'll, it'll dress up like a boy. If it's a boy, it'll dress up like a girl. Like, uh, Kurt Barker, uh, describes this in his books where his, his female name was Kathy. 
And every time they were doing porno with him or whatever, he was supposed to think he was a girl and act like a girl um, to like train him into that. And so that might be what this poor kid is having to do. Um, he's there with his programmer who, who knows, it, I mean, the guy that, that gets naked in front of him, who knows if they're family, they might be. No, they're, they're not, you know, in the film, they're not family. They're not family. Okay. No, so they're that's not even family. Worse. So like, so that guy is the programmer. The kid is the victim. Uh, they're probably, you know, programming with the porcelain, steal your face and steal your face goes to Grateful Dead, like in that, or the LSD and the, and the the mask of the the death mask and like the hell's angels logo is the death's head you know uh, so then and, and he's he's also though this child wearing a dress with this you know so we have these other you know pictures we can talk to those in a second so he it starts out he's talking about mick jagger right literally talking right. about how many hits mick jagger has as so and it also he did there's way, probably numerology like uh you know yeah, whatever but, well, look at that hand. So we have, but he's. I think in a certain way, like the the rock fans are also like the MK Ultra programming, right? Yes. Saying, we're doing this to the audience. So I just keep going. So the guy's shaving. Look at these weird these pictures. What what I even? What is that on the wall? Is that blood? That There's looks like. like some, oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It looks like some kind of splatter. It looks shiny though. Maybe it's a bird. Maybe that. Um, but uh, I'll bet you these paintings are for being stared at while the kid is getting raped on like it's gonna you know um look at those legs see the, the, the other side of that picture there's other another side of the legs look, yeah like, those are white legs and the other ones are black legs maybe yeah I don't and know. there's eyes behind them almost oh yeah it kind of looks yeah whoa and it's look at the hand coming half a face hand coming out some kind of a serpent there's a serpent right but yeah. there's like half see the eye it's like you know it's a really and look at that one that's some like demonic twisted guy right. look at that so there's you know and there's that other one up there it's almost the picture is almost totally black now right? these are like these are like tracing board type ideas where you uh you trance out and you visualize like you go into trance while you're looking at these things and so like pro like the way the fantasia is fantasia was meant to be watched while the child is being raped and being abused so that these images go into the kid's subconscious in and it and it goes in with the the rape is what burns these images in and it it helps for the uh separation of the altars well look at that hat it looks like she looks like a bicep right like arnold schwarzenegger's bicep see that the hat like as a as a man oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Looks like uh, like somebody's holding the head, like it's they got yeah. their arm around the head of the the yeah. doll with the mask. And here's this like dark picture with someone lying, you know, supine, you know, on the floor, like they've yeah. left, left their body. Oh, so, so wait, now that the image, uh, the one on the left, there's a smoking, a man holding a cigarette, looking at the viewer, and then there's a like a gangbang. There's many there. If you look, there's like stick figures, kind of. There's, oh, it the three, the there's like five of five people and oh, there's yeah. a kneeling figure and it's like they're jerking off on its face like a like in porno movies well and look then, at that the other half right behind the kid's arm see those naked butts you know yeah the, so there's two sides and the the light the stream of light looks like a a, a, a penis going like across like it looks like it's being penetrated by the beam of light could be the shaft of a Wow, I don't know, like 
There's a lot in here. Look, yeah, look it's at this. A lot. <laughs> so, so look, look at this red but, I mean, serpent. That, that's definitely the one on there. There's three pictures. It's a triptych, right, for the listeners that aren't. And they're like painted by the the magician, right? And the one on the right is a picture of a businessman with a fedora and he's got a cigar on his mouth and he looks like a straight late. Oh yeah, someone who's been beaten and laying in the corner with their head kind of sideways behind him. And then in the middle there's there's the man with the do it with his hand putting the spell on us and the, his eyes are blank. One eye. It's one eye. It's one like eye. A, with a serpent, and then the serpent on the branch. Yes, the serpent is there, like on the dude's shoulder. And then the next one, all the way to the left, is full on debauchery and the rape of a small child who's like on his knees. And they're they're doing a gangbang at him on him, the kid, and then this this figure smoking a cigarette so, is looking so at us. The magician showing us the full on what's what it is, and then he's there in the bathtub, which is more magician <laughs> reference bullshit. You know what I mean? And like, he's shaving. He's got white foam all over his mouth. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not trying to reference uh, that. Wow, like he's the kid. Like well, anyway. So and then the kid it's, itself it's is so eating creepy. a dish of beans. You know, the musical fruit, I guess, like whatever. But beans relates to farts, and like I, I mean. It's, it's just, weird, dude. It's very, and, 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 and then if and, you look at his dress, there looks like female figures yeah, on the there on are. the in the pleats. With yeah, red and white hats, like almost yeah. Santa Claus hats. And red I, and I, white I, is magic. That's the yeah. male and female. The combination of the red yeah. is female, white is male. Look, look at the lips. Red, just only in that 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 porcelain doll. The only color is a little bit red on the lips, yeah. right? Then it's just grayscale white. Um, and then the, the magician, see, he show, he appear, uh, to me it would be, he appears like that on the surface, but he's conducting the ritual and there he is. You know what I mean? I, I, you know what I mean? I think that, that he's the. This is sick. I've never seen anything okay. like this, dude. It's Look right. at this, dude. Whoa. That foreign bird, you know, not a skinny one, the other one. Love love see, look, she black and white. Him. The legs, yeah. you see that? Yeah. They love stories famous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you don't know nothing, do you, Dick? Don't know nothing, do you, Dick? And now the kid's getting undressed. Gross. And then now it cuts. Cut. What were they doing? Why was And it, it cuts to Mick Jagger. Uh, and they're trying to put oh, them oh, together. Oh no no no! No, this is like females. So, so, no, so they they have a threesome, right? So there's Mick, and Mick is there, and so there's like she's kind of masculine. Anita Pallenberg, who's you know the famous sort of groupie, you know whatever London High Society. I mean she's she's definitely hot if you see the news scenes. But right. so this is like the androgynous third yeah, she's party. She's like the Velma of like yeah. the, of the, the you know like the but, one but, on the left is the okay never mind. Go but ahead. they're witches. They prepare these potions and Mick Jagger. They all sleep together, right? They're all in bed together. Um, so, um, wow. so look now, the, the boy. See, the boy lives. This is not a. This is not a house with a family. This is. I'm sick of pain. I'm sick. Look at that. What is? It? I don't really like that guy. <laughs> I think he's horrible. You don't really like. Record player look like Let It Bleed. Yeah. And, he, and like he, he puts the programming. And he the, plays Rolling Stone. He plays the Rolling Stones. <laughs> What's she oh, crying over? She's got tears in her eyes as she talks to this he one. He changed his mind. Why? Why did he let him stay? Why? She wants to, to want to get rid of this guy. 
Because he's a programmer pedophile. Look, 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 look at that. The cross. See that picture? Look at that superimposed image inside the brain. This is another oh, yeah. bathroom. See, and it looks like he's more? got boxed ears, almost like it's a vampire ear. So, so like, this is another bathroom. Look how many pictures are in this bathroom, dude. Right. It's like crazy. And that's yeah. the bat. And then over in the corner, like directly above his shoulders, is the picture of the black and white of the prepubescent uh, kid on the steps there. And then we have the the African ladies with their breasts exposed, and that that was like the first thing that little kids could in that time could jerk off to was like National Geographic had bare breasts like printed, you know. So that right there relates to, I mean, there's so man, much in these pictures, right? It's, there's it's, a it's, lot. And yeah. that, every bathroom has these. Um, so I'll we'll just um, the room, the old ecstatic gaucho. Actually, you know, it'd probably be good to do all just go into this whole movie. <laughs> right. So look, so, I might puke if we so, don't look at the whole movie. So here now he's reciting from Has the actual not not William S. Burroughs interpretation, but actual Hassani Saba's words. He's reciting it, and throughout the movie he says nothing is true, everything is permitted. He, so here's the reading. I believe this is scene he's reading from Hassani Saba's actual writings. Allowed such things to happen to me in the sanitarium. He no, it's not. Sorry, you meant to say. And he felt two things. The first. Yes, I know why. Yeah. Yes. What is it? I got a fly. A fly. So that's he's, there's a psychologist. You can look at that book. Fly in the air. Okay. Uh, I'll just. Uh, why? Because why? you're afraid of him. Yes, right. The fly, Beelzebub, right? There's, there's, I mean, anyways. See my point. So this is his, this is his room. Where he does these secret assassinations and stuff. No, drugging people like and and the blackmail. This is like from yeah, from like the hole in the wall where they they film the people doing all the bad stuff. Speaking, but I don't think it's a suitable image. You don't. I yeah, think dude. it's perfect. Perfectly brown. It's you. Yeah, well, let's see. I don't. Uh, it looks. Uh, this Mick. Oh, publicity purposes. What? So he's playing himself as Mick Jagger as a rock star in this, also. Right? Right. No, I'm sorry. Offset lighter reproductions of these by a thousand. I don't. Uh, eh? Notice she's kind of dressed like Brian Jones in the sacrificial picture, you know, with the white with the, the shirt. So. Anyways, there's a lot of stuff we can just call it here. It goes. So he plays this Robert Johnson song while this guy is. I think they they've drugged him and they're kind of. You know they're they're basically mind controlling him, right? And they're you know so he they end up killing him and torturing him, right? Yeah, but he's so he's kind of he's under mind control. But it would just okay. We'll just play a little bit more here. Maybe he doesn't know from who here. he is. He does. He doesn't know who he is. He does. So he's lost his identity. You Johnson come in my kitchen. Blue, 
the joker, he got lucky. Stole her back again. You better come on. My kitchen. Notice the red, right? Look at his chat is weird chat. He knows he's the bogeyman. The bogeyman. I'm alive and well. You push the buttons on that thing. I'm alive and well. You push the buttons on that thing. That music mind control device with the red. Did did he say in the lyrics the Joker? Uh, like was the Joker in there? In no, the it's line? an actual song. Come in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, but he talks about the devil in that song too. It's kind of a. It's a very dark song. It's Robert okay. Johnson, you know, the country okay, blues right, guy. Right. But he says, you know, you're. So, anyways, I'll play this. I'll play this song. Woke up this morning, somebody knocking on my door. Woke up this morning. So he's messing the song up now, right? Leaving out words. Going off time. I believe it's time to go. Huh. We push the buttons. He's the horror show. <laughs> wow. Hello, Satan. Yeah. He's an old pro. He can take it. He takes it. He dishes it out too, but your sweet fucking life he does. He's a mean bastard. I'm the Lone Ranger. Alone Ranger. So he's doing all these look all, all these Robert Johnson songs in between, you know what I mean? I might drown. And this is where he does those kind of weird lyrics, because if you see the time, the rhythm, he's slowing the rhythm down, he's dropping the chords, you know, he's kinda you know what I mean? doing some weird stuff with the music and he starts right. making up his own lyrics. Like, like I'm a, a surgeon, let's see what he's saying there. I just don't know. Cause I'm mad with you. I'm mad with you. I'm mad with you. Like Jesse James. He's a striped beast. Striped beast, you the tiger. Your work. Striped beast, like Theory. You've got the gift. <laughs> What's wrong with the life? Yeah. And like Therion, like Therion, if he's the beast, she's the she's the the whore. Like she's riding him. Like she was on top of him, like the beast. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. How like maybe she? Okay. Yeah, and then we got the candles. Obviously, looks kind of like a ritual setting, right? Um, we'll just just play this here. So, so this guy, right? Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Quick, Jack, turn the candlestick. Let's see what happens yeah. here. The voltage, the flare. Hey, man, hold it. Yeah. Oh, he's triggered. Yeah. His programming is staring at the fire of the candle. I've never seen that sort before. Fire is the devil's only friend. Scorching or... <laughs> this is uh, 
This is a very pretty table. <laughs> a very pretty table. Oh, yeah, I do. I like it. How much do you want for this, turn? <laughs> America's a blinding place for nightlife. He's on his way, that man. See the bathroom, the mirror, double-sided mirror. Yeah, he's in the mirror. It's like, yeah. yeah. The big one. Oh, it's insane. Can't make that scene. You should have thought of that before. Johnny. Johnny. You feel better, huh? Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty sharp. Pretty sharp. Sharp. Where's Rosie? Gonna that Don't you worry about that. Johnny. Chess. Chess? Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> it's an Amanita Muscaria for people listening. She's making him look at a mushroom. It's a dissociative. Not a traditional hallucination. You poisoned me! No! Oh, no, no! Ridiculous. We just want to speed things up. So, so right, we have, we have like that. But that's obviously like that sort of the, the Middle Eastern stuff, you know, the reference. We have the direct reference to Hanisaba a bit later. But, mm -hmm. you know, the check, checkerboard, you know what I mean? There's some definitely weird geometric patterns. Right. Like his back is even the way it's taped up. It's not taped evenly, right? It's creating all these weird geometric shapes on his back. Yeah. Obviously, he's injured himself or been injured. Um, and you know now he's waking up that he may have been under mind control. I just want to go in there, Chaz. You see, the blood of this vegetable is boring a hole. Boring a hole. This second hole <laughs> is penetrating the hole of your face, the skull of your bun. I just want to get right in there. Do you know what I mean? And Gross. I want to get right around, root inside your brain. Do you see that? Root, yeah. root around inside your skull. Huh. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. We just dismantled your little oh, okay, okay, Just to see how you function. You sit through your act. Now you're going to sit through ours. Here's that. They never get fed up with it, do they? I'm a goer myself. So they're like, they're trying to abuse this dude who is an abuser himself. Like in the earlier shots, he's like in the bathtub with the little boy dressed as a girl and like all these disgusting uh, images on the walls and stuff. So like, maybe they are like, it's... <laughs> It's a retaliation against the mind control, maybe there. It's like, uh, I'd have to see that film. I don't know. Like, yeah, I've yeah, never heard of it. it. Yeah. yeah, no, no. It does. It's, it's very surreal. No, no. I mean, this guy, he's, they're also, you know what I mean? They're, they're, you know, they're all part of it together. It's just that, you know, they, he also just becomes like the sacrificial victim or whatever. Um, there's right. lots and lots of stuff in there. And it really, right. it's, it's, it's kind of a strange type of a film but hey man i do have to go sean so uh thanks for having me okay on. well very good uh i want everybody to check out your stuff and you've been doing a lot with uh william ramsey recently talking about 60s counterculture and the mass mind control of everybody uh they should all check out those episodes and you've done lots of work on the grateful dead and exposing uh the deep ties to the deep state and the cult orders and uh the Anglo-American establishment. Uh, 
it's very enlightening work and everybody should uh go back and listen to everything that you've said before it's uh it's great and i'm very glad that you could join us here today and uh we're they can find you at hansutter.com. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And I will have my website up and I'm going to start this whole broadcasting thing, Patreon and stuff. I have not um, cleared up some time. So I'm going to dive into that a bit more, but uh, so check out, check out the website and we'll, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Um, you know, there's always, always more to future projects and unwind, you know, and clarify, but uh yeah, you yeah. Got, you've done a lot of great work, and um, there's uh, it's it's tough to gather it all. Like I I, I wish we had like a, a place where we could have like all the Yawn episodes if we could find all those and get them like uh, talk to Yawn maybe and ask him. Well, I, he... I mean, I, I'm gonna have these archives up because I, right. I did Good. I did that Good. did a radio show. You were on there once, but I did that show for about three years. So I've yes, got, yes, I want to hear all of those too. Yeah, yes, so, that would be great. Uh, and we talked in that episode, we talked about Tool, uh, the band Tool, and their their ritual, uh, the rituals that are their musical performances, and the deep ties to magic and Thalema and Typhonian orders of OTO and all that. John D. It's a very interesting show, and I'm glad that you have that archived. And uh, so that's great. We can all look forward to uh, being able to listen to all those again at hansutter.com so people should look look forward to that and uh check in again and hopefully we're going to have some more work with you here on wake the dead you're a good friend and uh, i look forward to future works uh thank you thanks so much sean we will talk soon all right wonderful cheers hans bye-bye okay well now down to just one uh thank you all for listening it's tough to encapsulate the whole idea and if there's a lot that um that adds to the main thesis and it's tough to gather all the little bits and to get it all together into one show so i'm very glad that you you've all come with this ride uh, with me today um and it is apparent that don mclean was uh was describing the end of an of a of, of an age and the the new era is that of satan and it's being given to us uh uh methodically strategically and there are certain individuals that are involved in making this happen it's uh it's organized crime <laughs> and it is dark occult actors working so this gimme shelter uh it is basically a snuff film and the end we see on camera the gun we see the knife we see meredith hunter in the crowd um and the it is basically it's it's making us all participate in that horror much like 9 11 we got to see again and again as the plane hit the building and we got to see the people jumping out of the building we got to uh we heard the explosions it uh it was a trauma and this trauma effect it affects our brains and uh if, as the people have identified with this music over those that 10-year span since the end of buddy holly 
and the beginning of the of the 60s uh laurel canyon uh san francisco scene um it it the crescendo the watershed moment was altamont and within weeks of altamont i'm not sure if it was before or after was the charles manson helter skelter killings where they were trying to start a race war and there's this whole uh, where he thought he was hearing messages from the beatles music <laughs> because he could hear through the mind control that his mind was being controlled and he wanted to participate in this race war um it's it's self it's self-looping it, it's this uh these these ideas all reference itself again and again um further empowering the magic spell so uh i hope we evolve uh i hope we were able to um show you listeners and viewers how all of this is a ritual working the movie gimme shelter the the concert of altamont and ultimately the lyrics of the songs uh create an, an entire worldview and it creates uh, a scene and a uh, and an idea that is populated throughout all our heads and you know and then they can give us these false axioms like nothing is true everything is permitted that's the opposite of reality like not everything is permitted there is moral law you know and there is truth you know but if they can deracinate that from us if they can take away our roots in morality and in uh and in recognizing truth and understanding our senses and seeing the what is really happening around us if we're busy looking at the tv or the movies or the music or the magazines and we're making that our reality then we are lost in a world of satan <laughs> so uh i hope that message comes across nicely uh thank you all for listening today and i look forward to uh the having your ears the next time we will be speaking again on wake the dead thank you so much for listening we will see you the next time. Bye-bye.